Good evening and welcome to El Oso Fumar Takes. This is our 221st take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. Over 100 takes have gone by since we've had this gentleman. It's pretty bad considering I consider him a close friend. Uh, that is my fault entirely, but I'm so glad to bring him back. We've got some wonderful stories to share, some great things to talk about, and a lot of things happening with his cigar brand. So you don't want to miss this one. But before we get to formal introductions, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate is now shipping the Nico Rustica Adobe. The second expression in Drew Estate's value-priced Nico Rustica line is now shipping to retailers nationwide. Introduced during the May 12th broadcast of the Freestyle Live Special Edition and previewed by guests at the DE25 exclusive pre-party event before the Florida barn smoker, Nika Rustica Adobe brings to life the soul of the lively and romantic barrios and colorful colonial houses of Esteli, Nicaragua, home of Drew Estate. While similar to the Nico Rustica Connecticut Briley expression, the adobe is spicier, made from a rich Habano wrapper, Brazilian binder, and Nicaraguan filler tobaccos from SLE and Jalapa. So check out your Drew Diplomat retailers and every purveyor of Drew, Drew Estate and get your Nico Rustica adobe today. And welcome, everyone. This is our 221st take. So without further ado, it is my pleasure, my privilege, and my honor to welcome tonight's guest, sponsored by United Cigar, Smoke one today and start living united. Mr. Enrique Sejas of Matilde Cigars. Enrique, my friend, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Bear. How about you? Oh, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I, I started the show late and that's totally on me. I, I feel terrible about this. I can take part of the blame. It's okay. Let's do half and half. I, I mean, love that. Well, you know, but now because people are going to put things, I put it, put you up to it, and you know, <laughs> you know, the pre the, pre the pressure's on and everything. But no, I uh, uh, sincerely apologize for it. But uh, but thank you, Enrique. Thanks for uh, coming back to the show. It's been too long, as I mentioned, and it's just it's just wonderful to sit across from you again and and talk to you. It again. has been too long, my friend. It has been too long. We got to make it. We, we got to make shorter. We make make a point to make shorter terms when we do this show. I agree. I agree. We should. We will definitely do that. Um, it's it's good to have you back. There, we've got a lot of talk, a lot to talk about, and everything. But first of all, I mean, I, I talked to you a little bit before the show about this. But congratulations are in order. Uh, having a having a baby boy uh, coming yes, in, coming in the beginning of the next year. So that's 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 exciting times. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful twenty twenty three, my friend. I've got two. I've got two boys myself. So um, and. Uh, so I know you didn't ask for my advice, but I give it because that's what parents do. They always give unsolicited <laughs> advice. So uh, nothing really changes. It just gets louder. That's uh, yeah, I have a, uh, <laughs> I have uh, good friends that have two kids and it's the same thing. I, I think they have, well, I think, no, they went to the third kid, but she's still pretty young. They're three boys, but the two boys are like dynamite together. They're very quiet when they're separate, but they're dynamite when they're together. So I figure that's how it goes in every household. I remember I have a, uh, we're a family of three. I have an older sister, which is about seven years of my elder, seven or eight years. And then it's me and Ricardo, which mm -hmm. are only a year and a half uh, apart. So I uh, I was part of that dynamite going crazy two boys uh, <laughs> household. So looking oh, forward to it. I'll tell Good you times. that. Good uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you're, so your boys will be about what? Uh, four years apart? Three and a half? Mm-hmm. That's, They're going to be two and a half years apart. Okay. So Gonzalo turned three in June. Uh, 
The boys, okay. I think, I think we talked about it. I think my wife posted a, uh, the boy was due in January. Mm-hmm. So I would say there'd be about, you know, three and a half years apart, which is not bad. It's a good time. Yeah. So Gonzalo's already done his own thing. You know, he's already potty training and stuff like that. And now we're going back to basics. But I guess with, you know, a kid that already knows how to do a lot of the stuff. So it'll be, hopefully it'll be easier. I doubt it, but hopefully. <laughs> we weren't planning to do it this way, but it was nice to get one out of diapers before we got another one that got into diapers. So we didn't have two in diapers at the same time. Isn't um, it bad like to go back? You don't get pissed off sometimes like, fuck. All of them together. No, it, well, you know, what's really crazy about Here's another thing that parents, all parents will tell you, they're, they're different, you know, mm. they're, I mean, just kids are different and stuff. So like that, that's been kind of the adjustment for me um, with my youngest is just that he's different. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my oldest was, you know, was, you know, for instance, he's still not a picky eater, loves his vegetables. will eat vegetables first off of his plate. I mean, He'll oh, ask for yeah. He'll ask for <laughs> seconds, and it's it's always the in vegetables. He'll he'll wants dessert too. He likes you know he likes dessert and everything. But he'd be like, I'm still hungry. You can have more vegetables, okay? You know that's, that's just awesome. him. Yeah. And then my youngest, it's like bread, cheese, chicken nuggets. You know. <laughs> so that, that's a normal kind of kid. I know. Yeah, strawberries. You know, vegetables like vegetables are usually a battle. You know. Getting yeah. kids to eat vegetables. I know in my case, I mean, it was a huge battle for my parents again, eat eat vegetables and my my brother as well. So it's pretty awesome they have a kid that already does that. Yeah. I think yeah, it'll so, be easier for you to entice him to eat all, all of the bad shit. <laughs> and, and he's already started eating all the good stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping when the uh, the younger one gets older, because he he does everything his older brother does anyway. Like I'm hoping mm-hmm. he does that too. Like, oh, like I want he does that with carrots. So my youngest will eat carrots. So that's another mm-hmm. thing, but they have to be like the big carrots at the store, like little carrots that would be appropriate for a child his size. No, he wants like the big gigantic Bugs Bunny carrot that he just like gnaws down, like you know, like he's a horse. Is it another Texan way? <laughs> I guess. Like everything bigger. No? Everything's bigger, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's true yeah. estate. But that's, I mean, that's exciting. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy for you guys, um, for you and Gabby, and. Um, Man, what a what a blessing! What a blessing indeed! So, congratulations, appreciate it, brother. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So, um, but uh, I know that uh, you're you're smoking something tonight, and I I have not lit up my cigar. So, uh, what what are you what are you what are you smoking on right now? Uh, I am smoking the limited exposure number one. Uh, this uh, year's uh, batch production that we did uh, in Toro size. So this is a San Andrean wrapper. It has a Dominican binder. We were talking about it, uh, you know, before we started. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit late. It's very Dominican heavy. It's 100% Dominican filler binder. And then we uh, put the Mexican wrapper, San Andrean wrapper. Just, I love it. It's just beautiful, uh, medium strength. It has a nice little spice to it, but it's got a lot of sweetness to it too. But beautiful medium strength. So you can smoke it at any time of the day. Use it for the morning, afternoon, anytime. It's just great, rich flavors to it. And I happened to have, when we started talking, I happened to have, have a box lying beside me and I picked that one up. I didn't pick it up for anything in particular, but I have it and I just picked up and smoked it. Sounds good. 
I've got mm-hmm. well, I've got I've got three cigars here, uh, Enrique. You're familiar with all of them, of course. Uh, and so, what has become a tradition here uh, is I like to ask my guests to pick my first cigar for me. And I know your natural what your natural choice will probably be, but it's completely up to you. Um, I've had a couple cigars today. I haven't had anyone for probably about three hours or so. Um, okay. But I've got the uh, in honor of our good friend Coop, who's not here tonight, um, but the Matilda Oscura. Renacer Robusto? No, Oscura? the Grande. <laughs> for okay. Oscura. I do have the Robusto Renacer. That's my second choice. Uh, and, then, okay. uh, and then I have the Serena uh, Corona. The Serena Corona. Hmm. That's a tough choice, man. I love the Serena Corona, but you've had a couple of cigars already. Um. The Scura Grande. That would be good for the full show. Why don't you go with the Renestere first? Answer? We'll take it from there. All right. How about good. that? Sounds good to me. Let's say let's say let's say the first cigar at the show because it was our first cigar to come out. How it's about true. that? Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for picking my first cigar, uh, Enrique. So um, I appreciate it for giving me a choice on. Oh, absolutely. Um, what's the um, so What's uh, as I'm about to cut my cigar with the guillotine cutter? We're, I was talking about this the other day uh, with a few people, and this comes this subject comes up every once in a while. Uh, and but I don't think I've really asked too many of my guests and everything. Um, I mean, do you do you have preferred cut way the way you like to cut your cigar when you enjoy a cigar, not like when you're like smoking like fumas and stuff? Straight, like the, straight cutter. Yeah, me too. Straight cutter. I I I rarely have a cutter on me. Like I have uh. I guess I'll shut up for Boveda with my friends here. So I, I, I have the Boveda cutter from like PCA and the lighter from PCA, but I rarely have a cutter on me. So I usually like pick the, the, the cap off. So it's just basically standard straight for me. And, and that's one of the reasons I, I rarely smoke any figurados because I just prefer just take everything off. It's easier. I mean, my, my theory is you have the cigar and then you can find fire and a way to cut it. But I always go to uh, the straight. Yeah, me, me as well. I, I uh, I've just I've always. I mean, I I, ex- I experimented with and and smoked a lot of V cut probably when I first started smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, punches too, and I'm, the punch just never worked for me, and it's just because of all that tar that would build up, you know, as you progress with the cigar and everything, and it just never was a, it just never worked for me. I will punch a La Florida Minicana chisels though, because that's a fun effect. You know the punch on the top of the chisel. Oh, that, and that, then, that's how it's supposed. That, that if Lito says you got to punch, that's what you got to do, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you're supposed to do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he invented the shape so he should say what, what you're supposed to do with it, right? Wasn't it initially you have to like you you press the head? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it yeah, you press off, the and then you punched it. Oh yeah, yeah. You could do either. It's a, it's a really fun effect. First time I saw it. So done. what is the effect? That I never, I never done it. What, what, what? The just it's the just smoke the, comes. The smoke just hit, like yeah, just hits your palate, like in a very yeah. direct way, as opposed to like you know coming into the mouth and you know obviously smoking a cigar that you know the way that you and I are smoking and everyone you know smokes a traditional prejo is nice because you just get this full effect of a flavor, right? It's you know it's the tongue coats the tongue coats the palate, you know the sides of the mouth, everything, your lips, you know a lot more. Um, you still get your lips obviously with the chisel, but just the way that it directly hits the palate and, and goes through your mouth throughout that. It's just a, it's, it's just a different sensation. 
So I would uh, say it, it hits it hits the top and the bottom concentrate and then it spreads out. Exactly. So I mean, not I have to try that. Yeah, not uh, not worse, not better, just just different. You know, just different. I, yeah, it's a different I, experience. Yeah, and I and I like you know, like uh, the chisels too. So I like a lot of Lafourche products. So so I I do enjoy I do enjoy the process of it. It's 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 nice. So um, but uh. We were talking about uh, the well. We were talking about this a little bit before the show, but before we jump into that, let's let's uh, let's get to tonight's major point, which is uh, always brought to you by um, the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Bass Reeves, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power, power of the P, Protocol, cigars. So, Enrique, this is uh, kind of jumping in here. wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I was going to go somewhere else, but since we're on the subject of the Renancer, um, this has a new, this has a relatively new look to it. The, you uh, you guys uh, you guys changed up the band. It went from this brown and gold to uh, I'm going to call it a maroon or a cardinal. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. What would you call it? What would you call it? Just red or? <laughs> I would call it red. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it red, but yeah, it is kind of a maroon. It's uh, it's kind of a actually, if you go through the palette, the thing is that when you print the. Uh, the band you choose a color you print the band because the band material by itself has a offset white kind of a cream color it'll change um but it's supposed to be kind of a that burgundy red type of color it just lights up you'll notice all our cigars all the bands they get that pastel uh look pastel matte look and it comes from the printing and uh the material but yeah we can call it a red that's what i call it when people ask me you know what, what cigar do you try like i don't remember the name like you just you want the red the orange the green or the blue it's a uh, simplest way to identify our cigars right and here i am being like oscar de la renta or something just be like see i wouldn't even have called it a blue i would have called it a turquoise um <laughs> or an aqua <laughs> <laughs> it's uh exactly exactly teal 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 Teal. That, no, that's a color for the teal. Yeah. Green. I, I the green I would have probably called green if if it's not. Well, it's actually if you want to go if you want to go technical, it's an olive green. It is an olive. <laughs> <laughs> the orange is orange though. It slightly burns, but it's an orange. So like exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll give you the orange. <laughs> yeah, the orange is the orange. But uh, that that's actually that's actually I, even though it was absent from the choices tonight, that's that's my favorite. This is my favorite of your blends, uh, the Quadrata, which we'll we'll get into the core here in just a second. But this was a very deliberate choice, though, by you, by changing changing the brown to the red, uh, right as we joke around about the colors. But so you have the brown, the green, excuse me, the red, the green, the blue, and the orange. What what um, what? Why were these choices deliberate? And why did you just make decide to make the change? Well, basically, uh, with our cigars, or the colors usually come from nature, or they come from nature. Is the, you have your teal or your blue, and the idea behind the Serena color was uh, it reminding you of sea, of water. It's a mild to medium cigar. 
It's got a smile to medium. So basically we want it to be serene and we want it to have that color. Initially, it was supposed to be a more pastel color, but the thing with the Connecticut is that that pastel blue it didn't pop. And that's when we changed it to a more teal, that, that blue-green color that we have right now. But with the rest of the lines, we started with the Renaissance, which was a, a just a brown cabinet box with the brown band. And then we, trans, we kept on going towards the Oscura, which was our green, and the Cuadrata, which was our orange, which would be kind of a progression towards uh, leaves, no? Mm -hmm. um, what happened was that when we finished the full line of our fours that had the Renacer, the Oscura, the Cuadrata, and the Serena, and we put them all together, the Renacer would fade off because it was just a natural brown box. It was that brown color. And what we wanted to do was to add a color that would fit to this palette, which was kind of a fall palette. And that's the reason where this uh, color comes up. Actually, that color was first used in my wedding cigar. I had a cigar made with that color. Uh, the cigar was uh, 18, 1118, Matilde 1118, which oh, wow. we produced uh, for uh, my wedding. It was only there for that. And I loved the color. And uh, we said, well, it's the perfect color for uh, the Renaissance. It goes with our color palette. It'll look great in the shelves. And then that's when we decided to, to make that change. But they all come from, it's a, it's fall, it's a fall pattern. Yeah. So you have the green, you have the red, you have the orange as your leaves start uh, shedding. When it comes to our limited releases, the limited exposure releases, I wanted to play a little bit with uh, Dominican Republic and it's fauna and flora. So those colors actually come from bottom floor from Dominican Republic. The uh, number one, which I'm smoking right now, is from an endemic uh, orchid from the DR. And then the, the number two, which is a purple, is a uh, floor called Campana. It, 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 you can find a floor Campana in uh, yellow and in purple. And I love how the purple, uh, how the gold stood out in the purple. And that's the reason we, uh, we chose it. So taking a little bit of nature from our Dominican Republic and uh, putting it in our cigars. Okay. Good stuff. I really like that um, as, as you continue to build the brand and everything, you, you, you still continue to pay homage to not only the traditional cigar making, but also your family and then now your homeland too, which you know, you, you, you know, my yeah, commentary about this, you know, my commentary about this is that, you know, I've, I've long since said that you're the, the first family of, of Dominican cigars um, because you're, you and your family are, are Dominican. So you weren't like transplant, like your father didn't come from Cuba, like some of these other famed cigar makers and everything, nothing, <laughs> nothing disparaging to say about that. That's they have their, everyone has their own story, but you guys are, you guys are, are actually from the Dominican Republic. So it's, yes. It's a really, it's a really great way to, to pay homage to your to your homeland and everything. So, what? Yeah, um, of course. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm saying yeah, of course. I mean, I always had to be, be happy and thankful and, and graceful of what you know. I was we we're talking about it before. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. My family's from here, and I wouldn't change the island for anything in the world. And we have so much beautiful things uh, visually, and also, I mean, our tobaccos, uh, the people. 
So we try to always pay homage at, at in some way. And the way I found it is, you know, let's, let's use Dominican colors. Let's use the colors that come from Dominican Republic. Even though people might not know of it, I always know that that's behind it in a way to pay homage. Maybe I have to start putting it more in our boxes and our packaging so people know that where our colors come from and why uh, we chose that color. It's not just because we wanted to choose it. I mean, we liked it, but we were looking for something. Uh, behind that color is basically pay homage to our country, like Matilde. Matilde was a revival of, of, of a brand that died in early 1913. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a way to revive this brand and pay homage to our country because we weren't able to use our last name uh, for our cigar brand. It always goes, it always goes, everything goes back to the Dominican Republic at the end of the game. We use Dominican tobaccos, we're Dominicans, we make our cigars in Dominican Republic. So, you know, let's. Take, you know, let, let's let's give more of the Dominican Republic out there. Uh, right. So we try to give as much as we can from the DR using our cigars. So I just I just realized something. I, I knew that the brand was like had started like originally like late 1800s, right? And that you guys revived mm-hmm. it. I wasn't mm-hmm. aware that it went like it went defunct in 1913, which would make it the fact that you guys revived it on its hundredth year hundredth year hundredth year anniversary. Look at that shit. That wow. is true. Mind blown. <laughs> that is. I don't think. Wow. It's, I, I, honestly, I don't think it was 1913. I'll. I'll take it. I'll have to look for it. But if that's the case, that'd be awesome. That would be really cool. <laughs> it, it. It wasn't. I can tell you, it wasn't planned. It was right. not planned uh, to do that. Just but one yeah. of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. It was founded in 1876, uh, to be exact. Mm-hmm. That's what you see. Our Matilda yeah. says say 1876 at the bottom, and it was founded by a man called Simoncia. Wasn't a family member or anything. We just had historians. We wanted to revive something that was Dominican, and uh, we had historians looking at it, and uh, and we loved the name Matilde, yeah. and uh, we created, recreated this brand to make it our own. So the the name Renancer. Let's go back a little bit and just kind of refresh for people who don't know. I mean, there's the Ascuro is there's there's an obvious name for that. The Quadrata too as well, but Serena and Renancer are a little bit there's a little bit more to that meaning for the cigar. So what, let's talk about that. What's, yes. what's the name behind the name here or what's the meaning behind the name here? So, so behind all the, the, the names of our cigars, it's a, it's a descriptor. You'll, you'll notice two things besides the uh, Renaissance, because there's no way to make it female. It's a descriptor of the cigar. Matilde is our brand. It's female brand, right? It's Matilde. It's a female name. So, with Rena said, we couldn't use like a female uh, 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 descriptor because this was very specific. Rena said means rebirth. So we thought it would be a great idea for two reasons. It was a rebirth of this brand that we revived after it being dormant for about 100 years, which I love that fact, by the way. Thank you, Bear. And uh, besides that, it, it's a rebirth. <laughs> oh, math is great. I, I didn't do it. So there you go. <laughs> uh, but it, it was also kind of a, the rebirth of, of our family and, uh, and my father. Uh, for those that are listening that, that don't know a lot about my dad, uh, my dad's name is Jose Sejas. And he started in the industry. Uh, by sheer coincidence, so we, we don't come from like fifth generation tobacco makers. Uh, my dad it comes from a family. His father was a dentist and a family of politicians. 
And he was an industrial engineer. He got hired by, at that time, what was Consolidated Cigar Corporation. And he was actually running the industrial engineering department, uh, working with the loads and the stripping of Connecticut and, uh, and Broadleaf. Because at that time, uh, Gulf and Western had, uh, they brought the crop to Dominican Republic and the, here's where they processed it. And basically he built his way up. Uh, he moved to the Canary Islands and then he started manufacturing. Then that factory got moved back to La Romana, my hometown. And that factory was what became Tabacalera de Garcia, which is, was the largest or is the largest uh, manufacturing facility in the world. And he built his way up to being the VP of operations and master blender uh, for this uh, operation. So I say it's a rebirth, or I'd like to say it's a rebirth for my dad because he came from managing uh, thousands of employees and making millions of cigars with uh, infinite amount of inventory of tobacco. It's, uh, you know, working with 20 people and making, you know, 100,000 cigars and working with a, a much smaller uh, amount of inventory of tobacco. It was a different way for him of managing, a different way of blending a different way of expressing what he wanted to do. He, he, he didn't go through a, a, a manager to a supervisor to the buncher and the roller. He was actually speaking directly to them. Not that he didn't do it before because he walked the floor every single day, but now it was more of him. And not only that, he went from corporate to family. And my dad was always a corporate person. It was his first and only job until he retired. Right. So it was just a, a rebirth. It's just a different structure, a different way of doing things. It was uh, more of a family business, and a very small family business out of facts. So that's why Renacer has a dual meaning for us. It's a Renacer. It's a rebirth for Matilde. And at the same time, it's a rebirth uh, for my dad in the cigar industry and in this new manufacturing process. So that is Renacer. Um, Oscura, as you were saying, it's, 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 it's self-explanatory, but if somebody does, those that don't know Spanish, Oscura means dark. Uh, so Oscura is our Maduro. It's our dark wrapper, it's Maduro wrapper. So it's a descriptor of what our cigar is. Uh, the Cuadrata is square in Italian. Este, because we wanted to keep the line extensions or the names of feminine, we went with Italian because in Spanish is square cuadro, which is a male. And then when it comes to Serena, Serena is our mild to medium cigar. It's a cigar that we wanted to create, uh, which was mild enough for a, a beginner or for a mild smoker, but had enough flavor and character for like, for me, for example, I usually smoke medium, medium plus five cigars. I still get a lot of flavor out of the Serena with not that much of a strength, but something anybody could enjoy. And it's a cigar that, it's, it's a calming cigar. It's not a cigar you have to overthink when you're smoking it. You just sit down and enjoy it. It, it has beautiful flavor. It's creamy. It's got nice sweetness to it, uh, but it's not like overly complex. So in this case, Serena is serene. Mm -hmm. So it's calm. And as you sit in a chair, in front of the sea, you see this blue, this teal, which is our, our, our color for Serena. And that's what we wanted to project. We have this calming effect of the blue of the sea and serene, which is Serena. So that's where our uh, line extension uh, well, well, names come from. It's a descriptor of each of the cigars of what we wanted to perceive, people to perceive from each cigar. 
It's beautiful. I love that. Uh, like there's like two that are like have deeper stories. And then there's two that like, they're just more like, just like more obvious descriptors, but even that, like the quadrata, it, there's a reason why you picked Italian, you know, there's because of the, because of the feminine version of it, which is interesting. Like I never, yeah, knew of that. course you, you, we wanted to keep it as feminine. It's Matilde. So Matilde is, it's, it's our tobacco. It's Matilde. So, so yeah, that's the reason. And as you said, we have two that have like deep, deeper meanings, but you can't be deep all the time. Right. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta got be on the nose a little, at least every once in a while. The quite Exactly. The quite, the quadrata is my my favorite of the blends, but it's it's interesting. We were talking about this a little bit before the show, and and um, and I was saying this because not not because you know I know you, and not because I'm sitting in front of you, and not because I'm having you on the show tonight. But you know what I've what I think one can appreciate about Matilde since 2013, even though you've made some changes here and there, you know, for production or, or things for you know production sake and things like that the the cigars have remained very consistent like i can pick up a quadrata and it smokes the same and uh i can pick up a renancer and despite the fact that you change the label color it still smokes the same like i'm really enjoying the cigar right now uh was you gotta you, you can't imagine how many people tell me it's a different blend it's just i know so you were, you were you, telling you me that. It, it changed and like no no it's got to be different like no it's the same you know what Give me something. I'll get. I'll get a brown ring. Put it on. It'll, it'll taste the same. <laughs> it'll have the same profile. So, so I, I will say. So I, what I will say about the Renancer, it's probably the cigar of yours that I smoke the least. Okay. But what I will say about it is that every time I smoke it, I always have this reaction. And I'm having it right now. Is why don't I smoke more of this? Because I'm really enjoying it. It's a really enjoyable cigar. It's you know medium plus. You know, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't hit too hard but it's not boring. It's not light. It's not bland. There's just a lot of flavor and a lot of complexity to it. Um, and uh, it's also very savory to it. Like it, it, it's, it's got my saliva going. We were talking about mouthfeel a little bit earlier uh, with the, uh, the, uh, the sensation of the, the punching of the chisels and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it, it's just one of those great cigars to go back to, you know, for, for, for me, I know it's a staple for some people, but I just, I really enjoy this. I really enjoy the cigar. I enjoy coming back to it. I so smoke it very often, not, 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 not because obviously uh, I'm always going to be biased with my cigars, but I smoke it uh, often in the Corona size, which I love. I, I love, I love Coronas, which is why I have the Serena and the Corona here. Um, but the, I chose this, these three cigars for specific reasons. I'll tell I'll tell that story here in a second, but, um, but I used to like, I used to like Toros. I've never been a grande guy. Uh, everybody knows that um, for the most part. Yeah. So um, I, I, I want to hear your reason behind the Oscura Grande because I, I apparently it's because it's of Coop. Uh, well, I, yeah, I, it's, I it, it's, an, it's an honor of Coop, but there's a, re, there's a reason I, I chose these three Vitola specifically. Um, um, and it's because I have a steel trap memory and I just remember shit. That's like just really random, <laughs> but um the but I, as I as I'm going as I'm as I get older I guess in my smoking I I just I've really grow gravitated more towards robustos robusto robusto grande um, robusto extra whatever you want to call it like you know a little bit bigger than a fifty gauge five inches or so four four and like four, anywhere from like four and seven eighths to like five and a quarter like that's my length 
And I, mm-hmm. I, I just, in, I feel like there's a lot of great blends, um, for that, for that particular size. Um, I would agree. So, and it's also, it's smack in the middle. I mean, you think about it from your, your, your ring gauges, you're like your fifties, you know, anywhere 42s to 52s are like smack in the middle. You go from the Coronas to your Grandes, it's like right centered. Well, and why I liked Corona so much too is because, and the same reason I like Robusta is I can smoke more. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so all right. So here's you the here's, switch it up, right? Exactly, exactly. So here's the story, right? So the Robusto in the Renancer actually is the first cigar you ever handed me. First time I ever met you, and um, the first. PCA, but at the time it was IPCPR, the first IPCPR I went to, you invited us and a, and a few other groups of people over to uh, over to the house that you, I guess you and Mike Bellity were, were using to host some dinners. And this yep. was the cigar that you handed me that night. Huh. Um, and and then the Oscuro Grande was, uh, was actually really funny because um, again, my proclivity not towards Grande cigars, um we were working an event together at michael's and um someone someone so i can't i do not remember this detail of the story but someone made a joke about my not liking grandes and you're like well this is what you're smoking next and then you handed me the escudo grande so (laughs) so these are all cigars that you have handed me at some point in our friendship so that's I appreciate why, that. That's, that's why I, I picked them. You, you mem- you, you, your memory and your math is are, are so much better than mine. I can tell you that. <laughs> the, 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 the math was lucky. The memory, yeah, I do have a steel trap memory. It's nuts. It's my God. It's really, I, I it's guess really it's a stupid. blessing and a curse at the same time. It really is sometimes. <laughs> this, this, the shit I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, God, why did I do that? Ugh. Um, <laughs> ugh, man. Unbelievable. Well, everything uh, you did got you here, so. We're good. <laughs> so, um, but the, um, I guess the, uh, the other thing I want to talk about too, obviously. So, so you've built this core and the, you know, these have been really, really consistent for you. And so, you know, the, I guess the anticipation always was like, okay, what, what's, what's, what's next? What's that fifth core going to look like? Or what's that, what's next for Matilde, Day? Right. And so it, it, it actually takes a while. And then you guys about what about eight? I guess this is about eighteen months ago. Maybe maybe has it been two years? No, it's been it's like eighteen months, right? Eighteen months ago, yeah. Yeah. So you guys re- come out with the limited exposure one. Yes. And so, what was the uh, what was the idea behind this, and why did you guys want to create something that you know wasn't you know wasn't another core? What 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 were the pros and cons, and why did you decide to go this direction? Is that, well, basically, we, uh, we've always believed in, in our core blends, uh, core blends, and it's the only way you can keep uh, your cigars consistent is, you know, focusing on your core blends and making sure you have that right tobacco, the best tobacco to keep that uh, those blends consistent. But there's always a what's new factor in, in our industry. And that what's new factor, it was not being a serviced as we were talking about servicing, right? It wasn't being serviced uh, by Matilde because we haven't come out with anything new in a while. So we wanted to keep the cores as they were and at the same time, find a way where we can keep the, the feel 
or or are our values of having the four blends, but having the feel of the limited, hence limited exposure. So what the project entails is that we'll have a series of blends that of core blends that will be produced in, in batches. So this limited exposure number one, we produced, let's say X amount, let's N amount of boxes. And those N amount of boxes went to N amount of retailers. And once those boxes are, are sold out, that's it until our next batch production is gonna come out, but it's the same core blend. So we build on that by having a blend number two, which would come out six months later. So that blend number two is the same concept. You're gonna have a blend number two that's gonna be coming out in that four blend. And then we build it up with another uh, series of blends. So it's a rotational production. Uh, the idea behind it was keeping a way of having a production that was limited, but rotational in a way where the consumers would enjoy it in any every year, every 18 months. But at the same time, it didn't make our retailers feel like they had to stock up and buy 100 boxes because we weren't going to produce that cigar again. It's a way to say, okay, we're going to have it, but it's going to come back later on. So you don't have to stock up because we're still going to have that rotation coming out. And I think mm -hmm. it's a way where we would highlight Matilde a little bit more in the humors with something that's coming out new or something that a reader say, let's say if you have a consumer say, what's new? Oh, we have this Matilde that's new. And, and that way it would bring a little bit of focus towards the core lines and just play with that. So it's a way of, I like to call it batch production because they are done in batch productions. What we do is that we produce number one, we sell number one and we keep, and we start producing the second series and we keep on doing that. So every cigar that's made is aged at least six to seven months before it hits uh, our retailers' humidors. It's a really new, interesting concept too, especially with the, like the 18 month mark you know, as opposed to like an annual or like a one and done, you know, which is a more, mm -hmm. and, and that's why, you know, it's, it's not a limited, like the, like there's this really haughty debate about limited editions in the industry, right? Like, you know, there are limited editions that aren't really limited editions and all this sort of stuff, but you're, you guys have been very clear about the messaging around this. This isn't like, you know, a limited edition that you're like, okay, you know, okay. Now it's, now it's going to be regular production or, or you're just gonna have no exactly like it's that. not gonna it, 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 it's not a wham bam thank you it, it's not a one-time thing it's going to be a continual rotation of this core production so it's never we're never going to stop making it mm -hmm. and granted this is and this is uh this is something that we came up with and we are still working on experiment as everything we start tweaking stuff and see what works and what doesn't work so we'll see what happens at the maturity of the project. But initially, that's our thesis in the project. So we'll see what works and what develops. Maybe we have four blends. Maybe we have three blends. Maybe we stick to two blends. Maybe there's three blends and a floater. So you don't know where we're going to go. We're just building it up. But our thesis is that. Interesting. Yeah. So when you say we, is, is uh, and you were very apt in your description about your father's history, uh, for those since you didn't say it and for our audience for anyone who's been living under a rock and doesn't know the name jose Sejas, he's a legend in the business he's an icon so um and 
But is he is is it, when you say we is he still is he still part of the blending process? He's, he works with it, but he's not fully involved. Uh, my dad uh, was diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's a while ago. Um, so he's more in the retired part of, of the phases. He'll mm-hmm. approve, disapprove. But uh, when I say we, I mean Matilde. And I say mm-hmm. we, it's me, it's factory, it's everything. So it's it, it, people that I brainstorm with, uh, the team that, that helps me uh, take decisions. At the end of the game, if, if you do it yourself, it's one eye is better than two, three eyes is better than two. So it's just the more input you get, uh, the better it is. So when I say we, I mean Matilde. Matilde as a team and people that work uh, with us. And the newest addition to that team are the people behind this limited exposure, which is a new factory. So for you guys. Yeah, that is correct. My so. friend, uh, Ostos Fernandez and Tabacalera La Isla. So uh, how we've divided, how I've divided our production is that our core lines and our core blends are manufactured and they're still manufactured. Uh, Tabacalera Palma with a Hochi. And it's basically, he's a great factory, great people, people that share our same quality control values. They always use the best tobacco. We always have access to the best tobacco. It keeps our core consistent because they're growing their own tobacco. So we always know where wh- what's being put into our cigars. And uh, with Ostos, when Ostos, I, I worked with Ostos before. I mean, we, we, we've been friends. Uh, that goes back to your... From the university. Yeah, yeah goes from back the university. To when Quesada also distributed your product too, right? As well. Right. So I, 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 knew, I knew Ostos before we worked with Quesadas uh, from university. Then uh, we worked together at Quesada. And when he launched his factory, I knew that we were going to do something at some point because we have a very good working relationship. And I know his uh, his background and he's not somebody, he's not playing around, right? Yeah. So this pride was perfect for Tabacalera La Isla because it's a more nimble, more uh, more versatile project than our core lines. Your core lines are your legacy. You keep on going and going. With this project, uh, we can produce quicker. We produce smaller quantities. Uh, as we produce smaller quantities, I can age more. There's just more stuff we can work with uh, with Tabacalera Isla, which right. was an awesome uh, way to start working with Ostos. We still we're still developing new stuff with Ostos, and those things are gonna you're gonna start seeing them uh, well, at the end of this year and at the beginning of, of next year, 2023. Uh, but that was our first project and not our only project that we're going to do with, uh, with those. When I say our first project, limited exposure. So uh, all our limited exposure series will be coming out of Tabacalera El La Isla. Um, I really... Uh... I really kind of, I really love that you went with Osos, not just because of your familiar background with him and everything, um, but the fact that, um, like, you kept it, you kept it in the Dominican, and I really love that family. You, yeah, kept it in the family and everything, and and there, there's such a great, there's such a great story. I, there, I didn't even know some of the details that you shared right then as well, but um, I can't imagine what. I, I imagine that you would do something phenomenal, but can you imagine ever doing anything outside of the Dominican production wise? Can you imagine getting like a cigar produced in a, a Honduran factory, for example, or Nicaraguan or something like that? Or, or do you think you'll always have, you know, never say never and never say always. I get that. But like, 
I was I, I was about to say my dad my dad's always said I always said keep all doors open. It's the only way you can move forward in life. But we have a lot in the Dominican Republic, and I think we can produce any type of cigar here in the Dominican Republic. And it is my home, and it is where uh, I grew up, and where I love I love our tobacco, I love our manufacturing, our people. So, like in in let's say in, in close term or in short term, I don't see it. I don't know what will happen in the long run in life, but my focus is Dominican Republic and I will stay in the Dominican Republic as long as I'm permitted, as long as the business permits it. So I would never say never, as my dad said, my, my doors were always going to be open, pero, but you never know. But for now, it's always going to be in Dominican Republic. It just makes all the sense of the world to keep Dominican cigars in Dominican Republic. It's my last question around the the, the production side of it because you, you use the you use the word more nimble to describe Tabacalera Isla, um, and it it's it's right I think for for this type of project like you were talking about because you know for example like the Quadrata like that's not something you know, at least in the, at least in the near future that you would be able to move to a factory like that because of like what you have, you know, at your disposal at the Bacalera de Palma and Hochi Blanco is that, like we said, the, the consistency of the tobacco, like it's all, you know, it's all right. It's all right there for you. Um, mm-hmm. But being, being nimble and everything like you, you described, does that, was that kind of exciting for you that you could, you could have a lot more, you could play around a little bit more and, and oh, uh, I, I, not... go ahead. Uh, one of the things I want to make clear consistency. I, I'm not, I'm not afraid of consistency either from Palma or from Isla. I mean, I'm sure that uh, our cigars are always going to be consistent working with both of them. A uh, nimble. Uh, when I say nimble is that uh, nimble means like fast, you know, quicker and stuff like that. Right. You can move mm-hmm. quicker. I mean, my English is not, I mean, it's not my first language, but I think that's, that, that's what I meant in case. Este, I don't see myself moving our core uh, from Palma uh, for starters. Este, when it comes to this type of project, because they are smaller projects and quicker projects, it's not that I cannot play with new tobaccos and with new projects in Tabacalera Palma. Okay. The thing is because Tabacalera Palma is, is a much larger factory and uh, uh it's a slower because it's much larger. It's processed slower and has to be more planned and everything. Is that I can't really say, you know what? Let's make this small quantity of cigars and see what happens. Usually, when we plant something, it's going to be a larger amount of, of cigars. It's going to be a different. It just takes more time. When it comes with the Isla and our relationship that we or what we created there is that it's a quicker type of blending we work together we do everything a little bit quicker it just moves for this project it moves a little bit quicker it's not that i cannot play at Tabacaera Palma i'm actually doing uh, various things at Tabacaera Palma when it comes to the core mm-hmm. and when it comes to actual limited stuff it just this project was perfect with my relationship with Ostos and the size of the factory and what we had at the time it was a perfect uh, match to yeah. do this uh, limited, so you know when you when you I don't know about you you're not a movie producer, but I imagine they think about say they, they think of a project or a movie and they say this actor's perfect for that. 
So that's what I thought when I, we started saying, when you made a limited exposure and we started working, playing around with it, I'm like, when you made also this would be, this factory would be perfect for it. Right. Just because yeah. of a setup, it's a smaller factory. Uh, it's just a different type of feel. You know what we're talking about? Me, my dad coming from very large to very small. It's the same thing. It's just a different type of feel, different type of process. And I think the limited exposure process works beautifully at, uh, at ESA. Yeah, I apologize. I don't. I didn't mean to inadvertently back you into a corner there. I was, but that makes total sense. Oh no, what not at all. What you were talking about is like from inception. Like, like let's let's just say like right now today, you and I came up with an idea that you wanted to go mm-hmm. with, and you're like, if if you wanted to if you wanted it to be a faster turnaround, Hostos makes sense because he's a smaller factory. He's newer. You're you know there isn't this this large production timeline that 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 needs to exist over there because of where he's at in his history and i'm surely he'll get there one day because of you know of <laughs> of history you know his tremendous uh, his tremendous acumen and everything but mm-hmm. if you wanted to do that with hochi at tobacco de la palma there's matilda is not the only responsibility there like they have you guys and then they have they make cigars for a lot of different people and not to say nothing of the fact that they make cigars for themselves so you're you're at, yeah that's the that does clear that up a lot that you know if you wanted to move faster like you said or if you wanted to move quicker you could use uh your relationship with us to create something like the limited exposure which came out really well i i mean i i think um the the limited exposure one was incredibly well received by a lot of people um really exciting something fresh and something new um from you all what's the reception of uh two been like for you guys was it more or less the same was it like people like it better it's a different cigar so that's the most important thing it's to a very point different out. cigar it's it's what i've been expecting uh, you have the idea behind the project is that let's say if i produced 100 boxes and it went to 10 stores when i produce that 100 boxes again and those 10 stores want the 100 boxes they keep the 100 boxes so i won't open any accounts but as you know in our industry a store might do very well with one with the number one for example and they didn't do that good with the number two just because it wasn't their profiles they're very different profiles right so what happens in the material project is that when our number one comes back in and the store did great with it they'll say you know i'll take the 20 box or i'll take the 50 boxes that you're allocated but they didn't do that great with a number two and they say, you know, I'll take 50. So in, in general, the reception of the number one, and number two, are both great in general within the stores. We had stores that did extremely well with the number one and did okay with the number two and vice versa. So it just depends on the store and, uh, and what the profile, what the market was in that store, but both blends were very well received uh, in the market. And it's been so far a successful project. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, really exciting stuff coming from you guys. I'm really excited to see. The, One the- thing that, that, that you will notice that when you smoke it, it's just, and that's something very cool that, that, that came along. I mean, we have obviously all our core lines are different uh, for blends, but this is the first time that we use 100% Dominican tobacco and, and core butt of the wrapper. So limit exposure number one and number two are 100% Dominican but the wrapper, which is in the number one is San Andrea and uh, Maduro, and on the number two, which is a Corojo from Ecuador. So they are very different profiles to what we usually do. And that's a reaction that I've gotten from a lot of the stores saying, Coño, this is different. What's close? And also, it's also a cool way to working with two different factories because you have two different processes, you have different types of tobacco. So it also helps us, you know, 
open a little bit of that palette and profile towards everybody. It's something that I've been excited about for you, just because, again, like you said, it, it opens up a lot of different doors. We've been using the metaphor of a door throughout this conversation, but like it opens up a lot of different doors for you guys. Um, and like you said, with different retailers that they can have different experiences with, and that's not necessarily good or bad. It's just like, like I said, it's just different and they get, but they get that's to expose, different. you know, not to use the, to use the word to describe the word, but they get to expose them to different, um, you know, different, ex the different exposures in a, in a different way and, and see for themselves, what kind of, what, what's kind of good for them and not. Hey, what, what, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. What works and what doesn't. Simple. Exactly. If it, if something works and something doesn't in the store, and that's the point of limited exposures. And seeing exactly. this blend work, they'll take a lot of this, and this blend didn't work. So when it comes to a point when I have this limited release or this next batch production coming out, I don't have a store that 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 store will know he didn't do that well or he did okay with that production. I'll say, you know, I'll take I'll take some, but I won't take uh, I, I won't take this huge amount that I took the first time because I didn't sell that much out of it. It's not what I expect from any stores, right? Uh, or any other blends, but it is it is the market. Some stores do great with it, some stores don't, and and, and that's how it goes. It's just part of uh, part of the game. I'm really excited with with everything that we're coming out. I mean, we're working with a lot of things. We we were dormant for a while when it came to uh, developing uh, blends, and uh, we started with the limited exposures. Now we're doing a little bit more on four, so we're gonna add something to the core. Uh, oh, that's exciting! By then, this by the end of uh, hopefully by the end of this year or beginning uh, of next year, is that we have some very cool things that uh, I have a very special project that I'm developing at Tabacalera Palma with Pochi, and amazingly enough, it's going to be one of my first projects where uh, my cigars are the things that won't be ready. <laughs> We're still working on stuff, but I have packaging. I have everything ready. Oh, that's um, good. That's a nice change of pace. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, the industry with uh, with COVID, it's been crazy when it comes to the industry. I mean, uh, because there was such a, a, a huge increase in, in cigar sales, the same thing happened and it came to manufacturing, but people only see the, the, the cigar side of the manufacturing. But then you have your, your cigar bands, your boxes, and, you know, your packaging. And that just went wazoo, you know. Uh, I I personally had to change a lot of uh, of our ordering patterns uh, with our packaging partners because of it. Lead times yeah. increased, it doubled, tripled, and sometimes lead time was like I'm not 100% sure. So uh, it's been an inch. It, it's been great, but it's also been an interesting uh, turn of events when it comes to that. Once you have everything, you know, figured out. You have your patterns and everything figured out and then everything goes like in a good way, right? But mm -hmm. this is going to be the first turn of event. Usually people blame uh, a packaging for not having a cigar on time. <laughs> I think this is the first time I'm going to have everything stay ready, all packaging ready. So when the cigars are ready, we'll be just ship, you know, packing and shipping, which is going to be awesome. So that's what I was going to say that this way now you get to, you actually don't feel rushed at all. You know, or or there's not any kind of pressure. Like, okay, what's okay? The cigar's perfect. It's red. The cigars are ready. They're perfect. But you have to. You're you're forced into an aging pro problem because of the packaging, like you were just talking about. Now everything's ready. So when the cigar's ready, it's it's going. You know. So that's that's yeah. you're right. That is going to be a nice change of pace from the last couple of years for sure. Um. So good stuff. Really excited. Um. 
Anything else you can share about this newest project other than the fact that the cigars aren't ready? <laughs> uh, it's going to have my last name on it. Okay. Uh, All uh, right. Yeah, I, 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 I thought you were going to like that. <laughs> yeah. Long time uh, coming. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's going to be, that's the only thing I, that's the only thing I want to share right now about that project is uh, I want to, when we start sharing about it, you'll see it and you'll, and you'll, you'll, you'll see it right away. It's mm. uh, something very different when it comes to branding and packaging, it's going to be a whole different thing. It's the, and it's, it's comes back to paying homage. It comes back to saying, thank you. It, right. it goes back to our roots. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's a project I'm very excited about. It's, I think it's, it's a project I've been most excited about. And I guess it's, it's the reason why it's been taking so long uh, to develop this because I just want it to be perfect, but, uh, but it's going to be a great project, man. It's going to be a, a, a it's going to be a couple of things coming out and uh, I'm really excited about it. I just wish I could share more, mm -hmm. uh, but you'll see. No, that's, that's, we'll that's super exciting. I'm, I'm already stoked. I don't even care. I don't even care about the cigar. <laughs> the, the fact that it's going to have your name on it. That's, Long time coming. What a beautiful, that's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Story. It's been a while. It's been awesome. a while. <laughs> we're going to get back uh, to, we're going to get back to more things, Matilda here in just a second, but we are going to take a break for a couple of fun segments. Uh, so I, I apologize because we got a little bit of a late start, Enrique. I didn't get to prepare you enough for this segment, but uh, it is multiple. I'm going to be asking you a question. It is multiple choice. So, you know, it's not going to be, too, it's not going to be, it's not going to be terrible or anything. <laughs> so this is our, our, every week now we are having our presidential trivia question and uh, we've been having a lot of fun with presidential trivia and talking a little bit about just presidential just, trivia, yeah, just fun stuff about us <laughs> presidents. So it is uh, of course brought to you by United cigars featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from selected tobacco. So smoke once a day and start living United. So um, this is a, I, I, I have, this is completely random. I've been usually trying to mold something for, with the guests that I'm, that I'm speaking to. And, and I tried a couple of different angles. Uh, for example, I think it's kind of weird that there has not, not one U.S., not one sitting U.S. president has ever been the, to, to the Dominican Republic, which is really sad. They've been to Haiti. They've been to the island, but they have not been the, to the Dominican Republic. Interesting. But this is, the, this is your question. There's three, you got three choices here. So which, which U.S. president, who was a former soldier, could not stand the sight of blood? So this is interesting, right? So your choices are A, Dwight D. Eisenhower, B, Andrew Jackson, or C, Ulysses S. Grant. Which U.S. president and former soldier, which you would think is kind of odd, could not stand the sight of blood? Eisenhower, Jackson, or Grant? I have no idea, so I'll go with B. <laughs> Split the difference, Andrew Jackson. So, funnily enough, Andrew Jackson probably loved the side of blood because he actually, while he was president, he actually got into a duel with somebody. He also almost <laughs> he almost beat a would-be assassin with his cane, which is also very funny. They actually had to pull the president off. Guy came up to him with a gun. He almost beat this guy to death. Huh. 
They so people bystanders. I completely feel this 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 multiple choice. Yeah, no, it's okay. This is a, uh, we're going to talk about Jackson anyway. The uh, bystanders okay, had to pull him people up. Is other way? It's the other way around, right? Like people would jump on the like the the attacker. No, people jumped on the president <laughs> and pulled him off of the would be assassin, which is really comical. Uh, but no, it was actually believe it or not, it was Ulysses S. Grant. And that was my uh, second choice. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, he was he was he, he rose to fame, obviously, as becoming that he was the union general that, you know, achieved victory for the United States in the Civil War. But what's interesting about this, Dwight D. Eisenhower didn't spend much time in the field like he was a he was a he was a commander uh, of U.S. armed forces and the allied forces in World War Two. So, but he didn't spend much time like on the battlefield, et cetera, you know, very much. He was a, he was a commander in sorts. But Grant was very much on the battlefield and he saw a lot a lot of bloody conflict during the Civil War. So you could imagine like he was probably just absolutely miserable for the time that he was uh, that he was the time of <laughs> where he was in charge of armies during the Civil War. <laughs> I, That's a job I would not like to have. <laughs> which, which totally explains why the fact that he was an alcoholic. This guy loved bourbon. Uh, he, uh, we talked about this last week. He was a, his favorite bourbon was Old Crow, which is a brand that existed back then, still exists today, was a value bourbon back then. It still is a value bourbon today. You can get a bottle of Old they Crow kept, for they, like they kept 20 consistent. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They kept it consistent. Yeah. So um, uh, that was his favorite. That was his favorite. Drew. But yeah, he and of course, the other thing that we all love about Grant is he was a cigar smoker, too. So, I mean, uh, loved his loved his bourbon, loved his cigars and uh and uh, was rarely seen without either. <laughs> sounds like a, it sounds like a good man in my books, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> probably, uh, probably got him through all those those uh, those bloody times, literally. So <laughs> exactly. But the, um, bourbon, the bourbon blurred the blood, and the cigars exactly. blurred the stress. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but that. Um, but we were talking about children at the beginning of the thing. Here, here's here's my loop, and we were talking about children at the beginning of. Um, so were so were you in the were you in the delivery room when your son was born? Yeah, I was literally with a, with a camera. I actually okay. know the exact time my son you know was delivered because it was I had a photo burst at that moment. So you see my son coming out, and I have like the exact timestamp. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, in that picture. So were you were you were were you down catching the baby, or were you were you up? No, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, 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 I was beside my wife, like right yes. here. North, north of the border is what we call it. Yeah. Yes. North <laughs> of the border. Yes. Very north of the border. And I want to keep north of the border all the time when it comes to that. You know, <laughs> when we were going to have kids, my wife asked me, she's like, what do you want to do? I said, I think I'm going to stay north just because like, I don't know what my reaction would be. Like, I don't like blood doesn't bother me. Or anything, so I'm like, I'll be fine. But I there's other want- shit going on there. Yeah, I don't want to take a chance of like just, and I don't want to be that guy. That story where like, oh, you ended up on the floor, you know. Uh, um, so, so I on the, my with my first kid, I was I was very much the the, the north of the board. But it was it, a really funny story with my second boy. Um, we saw him coming out, and like the the all of a sudden, just just he <laughs> was just very much in the moment. Um, the midwife was like, okay, bear, grab your son. And, and I was like, okay. And he was down there and I grabbed him and I didn't realize he wasn't out yet. 
<laughs> so no, hold on. I so actually, you, you delivered I son. actually delivered my son. I pulled him out. Uh, it That's was fucking a, awesome. Yeah, it was a very like it was very much in the moment. And yes, a lot of blood um, and uh, other stuff. And it was just, it was a very, very, very beautiful, crazy moment. Uh, it was just totally random. It just, it just happened. Um, and That's uh, crazy. Well, um, you, you, I guess, I guess with your kids, it was natural. My, my wife got a C-section. Mm-hmm. So with your case, it was natural delivery. Yeah. Right? Both of them were natural delivery. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but so you uh, got to deliver your own kid. That's freaking yeah, cool. yeah. I was just totally like, and it was not yeah. planned at all, and yeah. totally in the moment and stuff. I'll probably still do the same, you know. If 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 in uh, hopefully we're we're we're, we're we want to have a third kid, um, at least. And uh, you're a trooper. Yeah, I'm glad for punishment. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> gonna have to get uh, special earplugs or something. <laughs> it's like I told you, it gets louder. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I'm still probably gonna have the same strategy. I'm still probably gonna stay north, and but like if, whatever happens, kind of happens. And it was, but it was a, it was a really cool thing. Moment. North is good. North is good. Yeah, I think north is a good, it's a good, it's a good choice. Yeah, you, you want to do over again? You go back. You know, you pick it. You know, are are they ready? Okay, go take it out. Yeah. <laughs> north is good. I like north. I'm too afraid to screw something up, man. I mean, like, what if I pull too hard or something? Or like, like just no. One thing that I did that I did notice about all that thing is that they don't break. Nothing happens. The doctors like you know pull the kid out initially, just you know move them around. I mm-hmm. mean, once uh, the pediatrician gets a kid and just moves it around like he was like a toy, I'm like okay, so you won't break. You, know, you yeah. feel comfortable of picking picking them up at that point with my my first kid. And initially, I was like, I'm not sure. I never carried a newborn or a baby. Not even my nieces up until they were old enough where they could fall down and not break. That's what I said. And so my yeah. first newborn or, or, you know, month old baby that I carried was my, or, or, or picked up was my, my son. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's the metaphor is absolutely true when they say that the kids bounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, that's absolutely a factual statement. It's crazy. It's crazy how resilient they are at such a young age. You think that it would be a opposite. And then we get older and we get more brittle. Like I was doing something the other day and I tweaked my shoulder and it still fucking hurts. <laughs> Once you get older, you respect it. You respect age. It hurts more. I, uh, I'm a snowboarder and, uh, and I used to do all kinds of crazy shit when I was younger. And the older I got, the, the, the slower I rode. <laughs> uh, the more I enjoyed the mountain, I didn't try to do all kinds of crazy shit because every time I fell down, it was just more painful and more painful. I'm like, fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> I'm only here. I'm only here for 10 days a year. So I'm just going to enjoy 10 days. I had no idea that was after I broke my, That's crazy. I broke my collarbone. I shattered my collarbone like in like four places. Oh my gosh. Snowboarding. And that's when I, and that's when I said, you know what? I'm from the Dominican Republic. I'm from the Caribbean. There's no snow here. I'm going to take it easy. And after that year, I just, you know, decide just to enjoy and just ride the mountains and just, just take it. I haven't, I haven't gone out for a while. Uh, shit, I haven't gone out like in five years, but I used to go out every year up to Colorado. I was going to say, where, where did you go? Colorado? Okay. Yeah, Breckenridge. It was oh, our family yeah, trip for since we were like, I don't know, like that was our family trip forever. Oh, crazy. Until we got older, you know, everybody got kids and everything got complicated. That's that's funny. So you 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 said you broke your collarbone what five six years ago? Uh no, a little bit. No, that's that's when I started respecting it. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I would say I, I broke my collarbone, I would say about uh about 10, 11 years ago, I believe. Okay, so right so before we met. Okay. Yeah, because we met right yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was still I was still I was still in uh, Rochester for university. Okay. So I I broke it and I, I got surgery right there like the next day. Interesting. Mm. Crazy. Wow. Wow. Fun times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we got off the topic there. But uh, but that was our that was our presidential segment uh, sponsored by, of course, United <laughs> Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. So smoke one today and start living united. So, so do, um, you, do you remember do you remember all this shit or read it out? That's my question. Um, I have it here, uh, but I've I've memorized most of it. That's why gotcha. that's why okay. I fumble it sometimes. Uh, it's when I start think. It's when I start thinking about it. Then that's when I fuck it up. So. <laughs> just keep uh, keep on going. Right. Yeah. I, well, I just first set out. I, I I mean I fucked up the intro last week once, so we had to we had to restart the show because I was I just I just totally like flubbed over my own words. So, but it happens. You put that yeah. on the bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple. I've I've saved up a few. I've saved up a few bloopers. You should do it. Yeah. You should do a blooper series. Yeah. I'm. I'm I'm building something up. I want to do something probably for like the anniversary because it'll be our fifth anniversary later this year. Wow! Yeah, it's been a long time, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been a long freaking I time. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's nuts. I know. So, but um, but speaking of anniversaries, uh, this is we talked about this. This is the um, 2023 next year that will be your 10th anniversary. Yes, we actually we we Matilda started uh, the price started tw- uh, twenty twelve. We launched twenty fourteen, so twenty twenty four is going to be our tenth anniversary. Okay, so you guys are using twenty. So that was our yeah fourteen. Our first line was uh well, so the, the the project started uh, like two years before we launched up in Nasser. What in Nasser was uh was in uh, twenty fourteen. So okay. yeah, that's going to be our ten uh our ten year. Something special. Yeah, definitely. Something special will be coming out of that. I can tell you that. Oh, it's been 10 years in the making. Wow. Yeah. It's nuts. Time right? flies. Time, time does crazy, fly. Yeah. It's crazy. So I uh, wanted to do something else. Uh, and, and, and Rika, so I did something a little bit different. Normally I ask my guests this and um, for this, but uh, I wanted to do something a little special tonight um, in honor of your father. I, I wanted to keep it subtle, uh, but you did say it earlier. So I obviously I'll, I'll go ahead and repeat it though. You know, for, for people who don't realize uh, your father, like you said, was diagnosed with Parkinson's, which um, very sorry uh, for that, obviously. And, and you know about my, my own father's problems too. So it's because mm-hmm. uh, of that saying that I have a lot of empathy for, for you and everything. And uh, he was a great, he is a great man. And, um, and it's, it's, it's so sad to see that he has to go through that, but uh, um, there are a lot of great strides being made with Parkinson's. And so normally our, our charity segment is, I, I always ask my guests to pick a charity. And so this week I decided to, I wanted to honor your father instead of asking you, I wanted to keep it subtle, but since you mentioned it earlier, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, but I chose the Michael J foundation for Parkinson's disease, Michael J Fox foundation oh, for Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. um, it's a wonderful foundation. Uh, Michael J. Fox, of course, is a beloved actor in this country. Uh, very famously was diagnosed very young with Parkinson's disease. Yeah. And he's lived with it for um, a long time. And, uh, you know, if anyone's seen him publicly and everything, it's, it's, it's taking its toll on his body and, and everything. It's, 
and uh, other famous people too. Muhammad Ali was another one that uh, that suffered from it as well. And you know, the list can go on and on. And um, it's it's a it's a very it's it's a very serious disease, and it it deserves a lot of attention. And Michael J. Fox has done a lot of work uh, with his foundation and has paved the way for a lot of research. And um, you know, hopefully one day there's a cure for it. Uh, there isn't one now, um, but that would be wonderful mm-hmm. if they could. So. Um, I encourage everyone to, I'll put it in the show notes later. I encourage everyone to check out the foundation. I'll post it here in the chat here momentarily. Um, but it's a wonderful foundation, um, really doing a lot of cutting edge, uh, research for a cure and, uh, uh, later tonight, Enrique, um, as has become a tradition here on LS Fumar takes my wife and I, uh, make a donation, a small donation, um, every, uh, every week to these charities. And so mm-hmm. uh, we'll be making a donation in your father's honor uh, later tonight. Appreciate it, man. Really appreciate it. I got to. Um, so let me go ahead and post that link here in the chat. You guys can check out Michael J. Fox Foundation. It's michaeljfox.org if you want to check it out. Um, you can donate uh, as little as 88 cents. It's 88 cents of every dollar goes directly towards research. Um, and it's really, really, really fantastic organization, as I mentioned before. So 88 cents. Yeah. Michael J. Fox foundation has done a lot for Parkinson's. I mean, they're like, they're one of the leading foundations when it comes to Parkinson's. And so, yeah, that's, I thank you really. It's, it's an, you know, I wasn't expecting it. So I appreciate it very much, man. That's my honor. My honor indeed. So, so, so getting back to, uh, to Matilde, you know, the go back to cigars now. So back to cigars. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm about to light up my second one here in a second, but I'm um, still enjoying the Renancer. Um, how's um, have you lit up a second one? Or are you still smoking the limited exposure one? I'm still in the limited. I'm a slow okay. smoker. Me too. So I'm still uh, going on my limited. Um, it it kind of de- depends sometimes. There's uh, there's there's shows where I smoke like I'll smoke maybe as many as three cigars. Uh, but I, I'm normally a smoke, smoke, slower smoker, so tonight's been kind of more of along with my normal pace of everything. Um, but um, what I wanted to get talked about was, of course, you know, a mu- last last month uh, we get to see we got to see each other, uh, which was nice. Uh, second time in two years, but <laughs> it was nice to see each other again at the PCA trade show. And uh, so this is the second year that you've been uh, part of kind of a conglomerate of other small brands in a larger distribution booth, uh, the Sutliff Tobacco uh, booth, yeah, which is, that is correct. Um, I have my own opinions about this, but I wanted to get your take. What's that? What's that experience been like the last couple of years, as opposed to having your own booth like you have had in the past? Um, you know, you have your own dedicated section, obviously, and everything. But what's that experience been like for you? That's been great. I've enjoyed it very much. It <clears throat> having a logistics and distribution partner in the in the states helps me focus on what I have to focus, which is the development of new brands. You know, pushing the cigars that we have, uh, working on the sales and the marketing side. And that way, I know with Saltlift that everything is being uh, once the orders in. They uh, take care of everything when it comes to the show booth. It's also great because we have a lot of flow, not only from the other brands, but also from self itself. Mm-hmm. Este, it makes, in in my case, setting up and all that with the booth, it makes it a lot easier. I can it just helps you focus in, in the core, which is our cigars and our development of the cigars and just building the brand to where we want it to be. But 
If you noticed, I, I worked with Casada, uh, which was very similar uh, process. Then after that, I, I did an experiment and started distributing directly from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, Sable and distribution, on, right? Yeah, Sable distribution. And basically, we were shipping directly from the Dominican Republic. That had a small handicap where, unfortunately, smaller orders, uh, the shipping expense was very high. Mm-hmm. And that's when we uh, met with Saltlift and had them as distribution partners. But it's a great experience. It's basically we have our warehouse with Saltlift and your fulfillment and everything is done through Saltlift. We still have our brokers, our sales team, but basically the logistics and the fulfillment of so logistics and fulfillment are done through Saltlift. And from the booth, it's great. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't complain. It's been awesome. Uh, the team is a great team. They have a great support team as well. And, uh, and you're with a big group of people. I mean, as I said initially, uh, more the merrier, right? It's been, like I said, I was going to share my own opinions. That booth has been absolutely packed all days. You know, we talk about yeah. like, like how traffic dies down the last couple of days. There's always been discussion about that. Not in the Sutliff booth. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so, a reason well, well, why I did your interview and and uh, Henderson Ventura in the same day on the last day. You were the last interview that I did, actually. I know. Um, they were pulling up the carpet while we were doing our interview. So, I mean, you were. Yeah, that you was were... crazy. For me, for me, that was the worst time of the interview because uh, during PCA, uh, I, I stick to PCA. You know, I go out for drinks and stuff like that, but I keep it simple. And the last day, I go all out. So that day, I, that, that day, because it's like half a day, I was all fuzzied out. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? But, uh, but yeah, we always packed. And that's one of the cool things about having uh, different brands, like having a – if you think about TPE and you think about the, the, cigar, uh, the cigar pavilion, it'd be something similar to that. So maybe uh, retailers that, that don't carry my brands or I'm out there uh, go visit Henderson and I see them and we, we and we get introduced to them. Right, right. So it's a uh, it, it's a mix between all the retailers and it's always going to be packed, which is great. You know, people bring in people. So any person that goes to Cunha, what's going on there? You get to see new retailers. You get to meet new people. Este, but yeah, so we're always packed. I was back. If it's not with Matilde, it's with Aventuras, and not with Aventuras, with another brand, with Veritas, or any other brand that that's within the conglomerate. And it's not with the cigar brands; it's with Saltlift because yeah. they also do their pipe distribution and stuff like that. So that that's that. And another cool thing of working with Saltlift is that their their main focus is, is pipe. Right. So your logistics partner is not a competitor, which is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say that this is a really interesting dynamic. Well, I was going to suggest too, like, you know, there's there there are people, there there are retailers that go very heavily for for pipes and for like pipe accessories, pipe tobacco, et cetera. And Sellers obviously a, a major part of their business and stuff. So going into that booth, they get exposed to a lot of different brands um that are outside you know their purview but it's right there it's very convenient for them so they get they get they get to get introduced to you guys uh in a very helpful and healthy way like you said they're not a direct competitor you're surrounded by other competitors yes but they're they're all kind of in the same kind of in the same boat for the for for the most part you know or yeah or, yeah it's it's, it's a, everything has its pluses everything has you know its pro and cons but uh working with solid is mostly pros uh, I mean, as you were saying, you get 
people, uh, you get, you know, a company like Saltlift, uh, you know, doing your distribution, so they're solid. Um, I got introduced to potential distributors, uh, world, you know, because Saltlift does pipe tobacco across the world as well. So also, you also get introduced to potential oh, uh, yeah. export distributors as well through Saltlift. You know, if they have, if they have somebody there, like, oh man, Enrique, by the way, this X, Y, and Z, you got, you, you should talk. Oh, if they fight, they have, they have a retailer that we're not in there and they know we're not in there. I'll be introduced. Man, Enrique, by the way, this is, you know, this is bear. Mm -hmm. Bear, this is Enrique. And you get that uh, point of touch. So you have different ways of different ways to get leads and get uh, stores uh, to get to know uh, the brand. if They don't know it still. So it's beautiful. Beautiful. Are, are you, do you have a lot of international presence? Um, no, but yes, I have, I'm strong where I'm at. I, or we have, we're in Germany and Sweden, uh, Switzerland, a little bit in Spain. And, uh, and hopefully next year we're bringing somebody into, into the Europe market. So as you know, uh, well, I can't really mention the names right now, but Hopefully, uh, by next year, I'll have somebody uh, focusing in developing uh, our export market, so our EU okay. market. That way, I can press all my attention to the U.S. market, which is our main market, <clears throat> and I can have somebody else of, of, let's say, parallel to, to me at export, which would be uh, focusing on that side, well, that's which great. is going to be a big, a big leap for us. But right awesome. now, we're about, uh, I would say, about six other countries. It's awesome. Germany, Germany is becoming such a cigar hotbed. Uh, oh, I've, I've been to Germany and the cigar shops there are awesome. They have a really, really nice mixture. This is, of course, pre-pandemic when you could actually get Habano cigars. But they have, but even then, even back then, they still had a really nice, healthy mixture of both old world and new world cigars, which was yeah, I think really awesome. I, I think the the number is like 60-40. Yeah, which is incredible. You don't get that anywhere it's else. It's huge. Yeah. No, it's huge. It's huge. And something very interesting about the European market is that uh, when we started out placing Matilde, it's like, we, you know, we, we got four facing things. We got five facing things. We got three facing things, two facing things. And uh, as you know, two facing things is not that much in the U.S. market because the humidors are huge. But when I started, when I traveled the first time I, I went to Germany, a, a, very, a large humidor, it's, uh, a German standard or, or European standard, what might be considered a small human or a medium-sized human in the United States. So it's a, it's a different beast, but it's still a great market. I mean, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're great markets. It's the, the cool thing about the States is that you have one large market. In the United States, is, it's one single market with the same set of rules. Well, right. you go to the export markets. In Europe, you have a lot of countries with a lot of potentials, but every country has its own set of rules and all set of marketing rules and, you know, and all those little things you have to uh, go through. But for sure, Germany, for us, it's a great market. Uh, it's a very, very good market. And then you have uh, Intertabac, which we'll be visiting in September. So, uh, okay, which is based in Germany, Dortmund. Uh, do you know Intertabac? It's a uh, Dortmund yeah, trade show. Of well, you call it yeah. Dortmund trade show. So basically that's also a, uh, good place to for, for the exports but yeah we focus we focus mainly in the states but at the same time we want to keep on growing towards uh, other countries that's that's a given definitely i um 
I loved uh, smoking in Germany just because it was a lot more friendly than other countries that I had visited in Europe. Um, but also that, like you, you mentioned the humidor. So example, I'll, I'll give an example. One of my one of my favorite shops that I visited was in Nuremberg, and it was Casa del Habanos in Nuremberg. It's right off their main square. Uh, for mm-hmm. people who visited Nuremberg, it's where they have their Christmas market every year, which is massive. And then there's the Casa I've heard it's beautiful. It is, and it's floors. There's three floors, and there's a humidor on each floor. And and it one I know one I didn't get to the third floor, but I know for a fact one floor was Habano cigars, and the other one was New World cigars. And the New World cigar humidor was massive too. And I didn't see Matilda mm-hmm. or anything, but I saw. A lot of brands that you know i would obviously recognize it was it was like any other shop that i you walk into here in the united states right. um a lot no, of and i and, and, and i think brands. little by i think little by little because uh, europe you know was always old world it was always mostly dominated by abanos but little by little a uh, new world uh have been in, being introduced and smokers have been introduced to these great cigars and they just notice. I mean, at the end of the game, Viejo, we are better. Yeah, Simple. more consistent. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, we're I mean, consistent. We're better. We have consistency. Uh, different profiles. I mean, we have a huge umbrella to work with. Este, so, yeah, it's great. And now they raise their prices. So it gives us more market. They're hugely backward. So it gives us more space to grow into it. So it's an opportunity. That's the reason that we say, I, I, I need somebody a europe side because it's i mean going to the states it's easy for me but going to europe it, it, it takes i mean you think about it you have to you know add two extra days of travel or four days of travel so it's you know back and forth yeah say nothing about the jet lag. that you're gonna do <laughs> oh yeah fucking jet lag it's yeah. just ridiculous but oh, having somebody on the safe side on the europe side is going to be a lot easier for uh so you know to grow and 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 make matilda a staple and uh the Europe side. It's bad enough. I have you up uh, past midnight on a, on a Sunday. <laughs> Imagine drive, flying back from Europe. It's, it's a beating. Oh so. man, it's crazy. Now uh, midnight it's, it, it's midnight. What time is it? Let me see. Almost midnight here. Your time. It's midnight there. Hey, it's midnight my time. That's true. Hey, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Great. I will lighting up my second cigar here. I'm going with the, uh, the grande. So, I'll do I'll, I'll do you that same honor. Give me a second. I'll be back. All right. So as Enrique gets his uh, his second cigar for the evening, just uh, want to catch everyone up here. We're talking with Enrique Cejas of Matilde Cigars, and uh, uh, we've been sharing a lot about the core brands with a, a new brand, a new core coming out later this year. Wasn't able to disclose too much about it. Uh, and then what we've been talking about also is the limited exposure project that he's been doing for the last 18 months uh the limited exposure one which he just wrapped up and uh and with the newly uh limited exposure too so he's grabbing an escuro as well that's great what do you what size is that is it the uh that's a 60 you got the grande too okay all right Fantastic. Uh, uh, i'll do the grande with you i really i don't smoke a lot of these but you're smoking one so i'll smoke one too <laughs> this is this is uh this I uh, what I've and I'm getting it right off the bat right when I light it too. People have always asked, you know, when I was working a lot of retail, people would ask me about the cigar or cigars in general, and I would say it's like it's like having a it's like having a beautiful cup of coffee. You get a lot of coffee in the very beginning of the cigar before even the spice starts to kick in, and it's just this really really nice robust like black almost double espresso, um, beautiful flavor. Love it right off the get. It's good stuff. 
So you're telling me it's an amazing cigar. That's what you're trying to say. All your cigars it's are a amazing. mind-blowing cigar, and everybody should smoke it. All your yeah. I've like I like I said the or be earlier the Quadrata is my favorite of your blends, but I like I can honestly say I love I love all of your blends, and I'm not just saying that because you're in front of me. I really I really just appreciate the 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 path that you have taken, uh, the consistency that's with the product, and you know we can go I can go into a humidor. I was telling you about this before we talked before we started the show. Like I can go into a humidor. And when I want to go back to those staples, those cigars that I know, I know what they're going to taste like. I can grab an Oliva V. I can grab a, uh, an Ashton VSG, like these old, like old guard, old staple cigars. I know what they're going to taste like. I know what they're going to be. And I can grab Matilde. And that's what I really love about it. It's fantastic. I agree with you 100%. I'm a little bit biased, obviously. But that's what we try to focus on. One of the things that my dad always told me is uh, he's always said two things stick to, to everything that I speak with my dad. The first is the fun part is creating the blend. Work is keeping it consistent year after year. Because as you and I know, and many people know, uh, where we don't work with vintages, that cigar has to remind you of that smoke you had five years ago. Because then it's not the same cigar, right? It's not like your mm-hmm. wines that you have the different vintages, right? And that's the first part. It's basically the hard part is keeping consistency year after year. And that's where a partner like Tabacadera Palma comes in, where they grow their own tobacco. We work with the best tobaccos. We work with very well-aged tobaccos. So we always know that our core are going to be uh, beautiful, consistent instead, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking for. And uh, the other part is that no blend is going to be the same. No cigar is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And it, my dad always described as uh, the cigars are the same cigar. They, they have to be uh, brothers or cousins saying that when a person smokes the Matilde Oscura, it's got to have those key characteristics, the strength of the profile that re- will remind him or her of that last cigar that they smoked. But it's never going to be the same because it's, an, it's, it's first of all, it's leaf. Second of all, it's handmade. So you can't make it 100% the same. It's just small variations that you won't notice. Uh, you know, it just won't notice. Right. But year after year, there's always going to be a variation because you're using different tobaccos from different crops. Mm-hmm. And it's natural. I mean, the, the leaves are natural. You, you have wet seasons. You have dry seasons. And, you know, you, sometimes tobaccos are stronger. Or closer, and that's when you tweak to try to make it. Uh, as similar as you can to you know do the blend oh absolutely it's interesting in a few in a few weeks i'm going to have george rico of gran habano cigars on and mm-hmm. he's he's actually very upfront about vintages and how that they're mm-hmm. kind of like we were talking about they are cousins you use that metaphor too um and while they're consistent Coraline cigars and everything he's very he's very upfront about vintages and everything and how they how they can change things and stuff but that's something obviously like even your father who was exposed to had and had on basically at, you know, at his top of his game had, you know, un, almost like unlimited, you know, resources. He still realized that even at that, even at that scale and at that, uh, that point, there was, there's, was those, those, those subtle differences and everything. And it was, it was about maintaining the consistency, like you said. Um, and that's obviously bled through even at a, a smaller level, but that, um i think what's really great about you know what what he from what he was doing before to what you guys are doing now is it allows you guys to all to be more focused on that too and 
the the differences in the product while minuscule at that point becomes even more minuscule now because you're able to be even more focused on everything so that's i think that's really special and really important i think the uh i i saw an interview with uh michael hertzlocks i i forget where it was and he used a great analogy when it comes to the cousins i use the cousins but i just reminded that analogy that he did he compared the cigar with a broadway show you have a broadway show like cats right Mm -hmm. and it's been on for decades and obviously they're not the same actors right but you go to that broadway show and you know what cat's about yeah and you know it's going to have the same essence but the characters are different uh-huh. it's the same thing with a cigar you know the essence you know what you're getting you know what the profile is going to be you know what the strength is going to be that's what you're looking for but obviously the leaves that we're using the crops that we're using they're not going to be the same crops that we used 10 years ago it's impossible Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, I, and that analogy I loved when I, I heard Michael saying, I'm like, fuck, that's even it's, better than Brothers and Cousins because yeah. it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. A cigar blend is an ongoing thing that unfortunately has a finite resource. From the first time you had that, uh, that blend, you have a finite resource of that tobacco. So you have to keep on working with those toba- the tobaccos that you have to make sure you have the same profile and the same strength, mm-hmm. you know, that same consistency within your manufacturing. And the well, other thing is that, go ahead, please. The, the other thing is that uh, when it comes to uh, cigars, blends and consistency, it, cigars are not for like a blend is not for everybody. And, and I always like to, to define a, cigars in two ways: the objective part and the subjective part. And and somebody doesn't like one of our blends, I don't get offended. The first thing I asked was it drawing well? Was the construction wrong? So did it have extremely bad flavors? That's one thing. But it was just not for their palate. It was too strong, too mild. It just didn't like that profile. That's the subjective part. And you have to keep those two things apart. I mean, not everybody's going to like your blend. But if your blend's consistent and and, and it's burning well, it's drawing well, and it's going to be consistent year after year, that's when you keep your consumers are going to be happy. Not everybody's going to love it, but those consumers that are smoking your cigars are going to enjoy it and, and know, as you say, it can go into any human and say, this is a Matilde, and I know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking for for blends. This is a Matilde, I know what I'm getting. I either hate it or I love it, but I know what I'm getting. And for, for people who do like the, the do have a wide-ranging palette like myself, where I enjoy all different kinds of cigars, from your mild all the way to your extremely full-bodied, the, the Matilde core represents a, represents a day in my mind, because you can start the day with the Serena and you can work all your way, all the way up to, I work with it up to the Cuadrada because I find it stronger than the Escuro. I think a lot of people would probably flip flop those maybe. Uh, but, for, but for me, I would say the Cuadrada is a little bit stronger just because of the spice. It's just spicier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the strength is probably a little equal. Um, you might disagree, but, um, but for me, it's kind of the, the spice level in the quadrata gives that. Um, Extra um. Well, yeah, and it's it's also a false impression of strength. Mm-hmm. That's what people get like when when people talk about body and strength and everything, people confuse the flavor cigar of that, the flavor component of a cigar, and they equivocate it to it. So like a spicier cigar, like oh, this is strong. The quadrata is not a strong cigar, um, but it it gives off that 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 false impression of strength because of that, the spiciness of it. And I say false, mm-hmm. like it, like it, it's not, you're not trying to pull wool over your eyes. It's just the way that the blend works and it's good. 
right? It's fantastic. Exactly. No, and that was the idea behind uh, Matilde. When we did our core blends, we want to have a mild to medium, a medium, then two medium fulls. Because we don't have, uh, the, you know, no, you're smoking the Oscura, you smoke the Cuadrata. They're not powerhouses. They're a medium plus, a little bit, of, you know, up into that medium plus uh, uh, strength, full, medium plus, full. But they're not powerhouses. It's not something that's going to kick you in the face and you won't be able to stand up. Right. And I've had cigars, Viejo, that are, I've had both types of cigars that you're saying. Cigars that are super strong to the palate and you feel, as you say, that perceived strength. And then I've smoked cigars that are extremely smooth. They're you just don't perceive the strength in the palate, but you perceive it in the body. You can see, you, you can feel you can feel it. And little by little, as you're smoking it, you say, "Okay, it is hitting me." Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh wow, this is a strong cigar. Gonna get a coke. <laughs> oh, it's it's interesting because like there's some cigars out there that don't like. If you look at the blend profile, or if you're while you're smoking even, you're like, "Oh, this isn't too strong," and then you like. You start moving and you're like, oh, shit, that that had some that had some pop to it. Yeah. Happened to me yesterday. Actually, I was uh, smoking a Herrera Esteli Miami and mm. I've I forgot the strength of that cigar. I, I actually had the opportunity. I was down at um, at uh, um, El, uh, El Titan de Bronze uh, once uh-huh. and uh, had the good pleasure of meeting Sandy Kovas. And she handed me a, a Miami that was that was not freshly rolled, but it was pretty, you know, it was pretty young. Um, mm-hmm. she, they had just rolled it probably like a day or two earlier. And it was my first cigar of the day. And I was like, I, I mean, it, it, it kicked me like a mule. And, <laughs> uh, and she was like, would you like some coffee? And I was like, absolutely. I would like some coffee. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, yes please. Um, <laughs> and, and as the story goes, I think my audience has heard this a couple of times. I think I downed like six Cuban coffees that she served me and, then I was wired the rest of the day and probably the much of the next day too. But from, from then, but, but I definitely, <laughs> but I had it yesterday and this, obviously the cigar wasn't young. It'd been on a retailer shelf for a while. And I, and I lit it up, smoked it. It was enjoyable as always, but I got out of my car. I was like, Whoa, what damn. the fuck just happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I remember my first cigar. Holy shit. Okay. And it, like, and if you look at the blend, it's not a strong cigar. There's not really much to it. Like out of the ordinary, there's nothing that stands out. That's like, oh, this is going to kick my ass. And it, it didn't mm-hmm. kick my ass, but it definitely felt it for sure. It was interesting. It's it's funny that you're saying it tickled. It, it, it tickled. It tickled. But yes. yeah, it's true. I mean, it tickled. No, but it's uh, uh And and once again, what might be a strong cigar for you, it, it might be a super strong cigar for me or a mild cigar for me. It depends on you got those guys that wake up and they're smoking behold the strongest cigar that you can from the morning. I can't I can't smoke like a full bodied cigar in the morning. I can, but I won't enjoy it. I prefer my Serena with my cup of coffee. That's usually the cigar I smoke in the morning when I wake up. I you know, go home. I go to when I go to office, cafecito, uh Serena. And for me, that's the perfect cigar for the morning. I I literally, I think I smoke a Serena every day. I love it. I love it. That. That's the cigar, cigar I like in the morning. But other people say, oh, that's, too, that's too mild for me. I've had people saying, no, I'll, I'll smoke it, but it's going to be too mild for me. I'm like, did you, did you have, you know, did you at least enjoy Like, oh, I told you, it's just too mild. You know, so it just depends on, 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 on people. One thing that I go so that, one thing that I have noticed as people smoke more and more and more, they go up to, not everybody, obviously, granted. But I met a lot of people that start mild. They they go to super strong, and mm-hmm. then they realize, well, you know what? I want to enjoy my cigars, and they go to that medium, medium plus range, and they stay to the medium, medium plus range. 
where they get, you know, strength, but they get a lot of flavor out of the cigar. And at the end of the game, that's what you're here for. I mean, personally, I like to smoke cigars to, to enjoy the flavor, you know, not, not to not be able to stand up after I smoke it. Um, but I've noticed a lot of people start mild and go super strong and then go back into that, you know, their Zen where that might be. Some people yeah. just never go up to the full body cigars. They just stay at the medium and just stay there. So you, you've just described the my, person. yeah, you've just described my journey to a T. Oh, there you go. I, yeah. I mean, oh, you're yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that I started mild. I really, I mean, I started smoking cigars uh, when I turned 18 and, and almost right off the get, I was introduced to La Fleur Dominicana, which was real, you know, at the time it was just, I mean, first really cigar to use La Hero. And so, and then I smoked double heroes and that's what I really loved was just this really heavy <laughs> full body. And I still love those cigars to this day, but it was, all I was constantly for a while there in my smoking uh, journey, I was, I was constantly looking for that, that, more and more strength. I was looking for more, looking for more. And then I started smoking more full body stuff and it just became almost just too, it became too much. It became too much. And, and I found that I was really enjoying, I would go back to these other cigars because I was smoking quite a bit and I would go back to more medium cigars, even mild cigars like the Serena. And I was really enjoying them. And I'm like, why am I enjoying it? Well, like, why not? You know? And I kind of just accepted it for what it was. I thought it was something like, yeah. What's wrong, wrong with me? Uh, I'm, going, of, I'm going to mild cigars. What's wrong with me? Kind I'm of supposed to keep on building. Yeah, it's supposed to build up. No, I mean, and, and and I've always said there's always a cigar for a day. I mean, the, the, every cigar has its time of day for every person. So, and, and it depends on what you like to smoke at the end of the game. If if you're enjoying that cigar, that person's enjoying that cigar. That's what's important. I I never, I I've always been careful, or I've never. Talk about bad. First of all, because I'm a cigar manufacturer, and I don't want anybody talking shit about my cigars. And I know how much how much uh, effort uh, one puts into making a blend and a cigar. Um, but just because it's not my cigar doesn't mean it's not your cigar. I've had friends that give me a cigar. Like this is my favorite cigar, and I and I smoke it. I'm like, well, it's okay. not my cup of tea. <laughs> Oh, really? I mean, it's not my cup of tea. It's not a bad cigar, but I want to say it's my favorite cigar. And it's all subjective. I, you know, I live in the freaking island and I don't eat seafood. People say, what? You live in the American Republic and you eat seafood? I don't. And it's not my cup of tea. And people say, you don't have no idea what you're missing. I'm like, I'm not missing anything. I've tried it. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. I know I know, I don't like it. So I, it's not something that I'm missing. Oh, that's and crazy. I think cigars are the same way. It's it's You either like it or you don't like it. It's got a time of the day. It depends on your stress level too. I mean, if I'm extremely stressed, I don't want to take a super complex cigar out. I want to smoke a cigar where I can just, you know, enjoy the flavor and just relax. Sometimes I want a cigar when I want to sit down and write something or, you know, or do something a little bit more sensitive, or I just want to lose myself in the cigar. You get a cigar that's a little bit more complex and you just sit down and, and, and get yourself lost in that cigar. Uh, sometimes a cigar can be for me, it can be, you get lost in that cigar or a cigar can be a companion of something that you're doing. Right. Saying I'm just chatting and I want to have a cigar, a smoke, but I'll enjoy it. I won't get a super complex cigar. If I'm alone and I'm having a drink, I'll just take a cigar that I want at all. So every cigar has its, you know, its point, its place. And that depends on the person and their mood. Absolutely. You never had a cigar that you love. 
and you're in an extremely bad mood and you, and you smoke it, it just tastes off. Yeah. hundred percent. It's just it's so freaking subjective. Well, it's, it's <clears throat> this is a perfect segue into our next segment. You have no idea. So, um, oh. so our next segment is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind, getting lost in it, as you said. So some of life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So Enrique, this segment is all about that moment, getting lost in a cigar. So it sounds like you've had a few in your life. Maybe it was when your son was born. Maybe it was, uh, you know, the, the night you proposed to Gabby. I don't know, but it could have been something else. So what this, this segment is all about is you telling us about one of those moments where it was just you and the cigar, nobody else. We talk about how cigars are community-based and we're always surrounded by people. And that's what makes it great in a lot of cases. But every once in a while, we get to have those moments where we get lost in it. What was one of these moments and what were you reflecting on and what was the cigar, if you can remember? Well, I can tell you the time I said, holy shit, this is a great cigar. That's when we blended the... Uh the Renacer and a Corona. Este, that was uh, a, a great uh, moment in, 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 well, in my lifetime, a great milestone when we had the final blend on the Renacer. Because Renacer, initially, it was a blend, which is, I think you guys tried that blend uh, when uh, you worked at Michael's, which mm-hmm. is what I call the, 80, the 802 blend. Right. I remember this, yes. And uh, we started producing it. And then there was a tweak <laughs> that was done to it. I'm like, why, why is it being tweaked? And for some reason, my dad said, okay, let's tweak this. <clears throat> let's try this something new. And then he fixed it. And my dad, being who he is, he's always trying to better stuff uh, before or in the process uh, as his industrial engineering mind. And they did this tweak. I'm like, why? What the fuck? But anyways, he tweaked it. And I was sitting in the office. I was alone. And I started smoking it. And I started getting you know, these chocolate flavors, you know, this, 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 this coffee that you get from that Matilera Nacer. And I just got lost into that Corona. And I was like, wow, this is, this is an amazing cigar. And I just got lost with actually smoking this cigar. And it was a beautiful, for various reasons, it was our first creation in, in, in Matilde. And it was that time when I said, Coño, mira, it's, you know, that's right. It's, it is. So you always know that your dad's right because he has a lot more experience than you do. But at this point, it was more like, wow, look at that. And and when it comes to losing yourself in the cigar, when I was, uh, that, w- that was a moment for me. And I've had a lot of, I used to, to reflect for reflections. I used to smoke when I worked with, uh, with dad in Tabacalera. I used to smoke a lot of the Seja signatures which for me is that perfect medium uh, to full-bodied cigar, but with a lot of complexity. <sighs> Love that cigar. And uh, So good. And I can't tell you the amount of days, uh, the amount of times that I just sat down and, and, you know, it was me, the cigar, and the drink. And I still do it a lot. I still do it a lot. I go to my yard and I pick up one of our cigars, uh, either the Oscura Toro or right, sometimes I say a signature, to be honest. And I sit down with a drink, viejo, and I just focus on the cigar. And it's a great way to, for me, it's a great way to finish my day. And it's a great way to meditate what went on in my day, what went on good, what was right, what was wrong, what's bothering me. And the cigar always helps uh, me to focus on that. 
but having like a pivotal pinpoint with a cigar, I would say that uh, that first time I smoked that tweaked Renaissance or what the Renaissance is uh, today, that was a, a wow uh, moment for me, mm -hmm. I would say. Beautiful. It's funny, we talked about the Serena, right? And so my story earlier about when you handed me this Corona at IPCPR at the time, PCA, um, we weren't alone. We were at a party and you talked about getting lost in a cigar, but I, I had smoked, you, we talked about my like, you know, ironclad memory. I probably had six or seven cigars already from the trade show floor that day, I'd smoked a bunch. And you would think, okay, the Serena is not going to do anything for me. And so to the people who'd say that that cigar is too mild, I disagree because I smoked it on a full stomach because we had a great meal that night. And uh, after having smoked pretty heavily that day and I, I got lost and it. it was a beautiful, beautiful evening and a beautiful cigar. And I oh, I'd agree. loved it. I loved every, I think the Serena the Serena, I call it a mild to medium with the mild to medium more into the medium with character it has a lot of character. It's got a lot of uh, flavors to it. It's just it's still so creamy. It's, it's got that sweetness to it. You still have that, uh, what I like to call that, that, yeah, that Connecticut bitterness that you get out of it. It's, a, it, it, it's not an overly complex cigar. But it's a cigar that is just beautiful in general, just well-balanced and beautiful. And it's a cigar because of what you were saying, that it's not a fully mild cigar. It's a cigar you can actually have after smoking a couple of cigars and still enjoy it. Because honestly, I mean, granted, I mean, when you, you smoke a lot of strong cigars and you go back to a mild cigar, sometimes you feel like you're puffing hot air. I mean, it's just not there because yeah. you've had so much stuff going on in your palate. Even if your palate's not shot, you just not your palate's just way up here. Well, the cigar's way down here. It's the same thing with drinking. I mean, when you start out with a super peaty uh, whiskey or a stronger flavored whiskey, and you go down to a milder thing, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's there. <laughs> it's alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's alcohol. And so it's, but yeah, I mean, there's always a good time. It's always uh, getting lost with your cigar is it's amazing. It's it's one of the beautiful mm -hmm. things of, of of smoking a cigar. It's mm -hmm. just sitting down. And for me, I mean, a lot of people use it for smoking with people. And for me, because this is what I do, this is what we do. And you smoke cigars very often. Sometimes that cigar that you take in is a cigar that I smoke by myself. And it's not because I'm a loner. I, I like going out. I like being with friends. But sometimes I just want to sit down and, and just enjoy that cigar, uh, take notes. And that's something I, I learned from my dad. My dad, we all had books, books. I said, do you ever, I think my dad used to take it. He like, takes every, every single cigar and then breaks it down. He had like notes and he's always writing on this, on his little books. And like, do you ever enjoy a cigar? I'm like, yeah, I'm enjoying it. He never sat down, like just smoked the cigar. He was always taking notes of the cigars, like the different notes that he got and stuff like that. He was always lost in it. And it's something that, that honestly, I, I try to do constantly. And it's just, I just, I'm not in, that was his mind place. His mind place was always, you know, breaking everything down and, and writing everything down. And when I'm alone, that's what I try to do. That's that my alone time with my cigar. That's what I try to do. And I write everything down as something 
you know, takes down into, I'd say, our generation. So it's uh, getting lost in those cigars is awesome. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. So that was our Asylum Cigars moment. So our refuge is more than just a physical place, as we mentioned. We can get lost in it. It's a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum, whether you're in your yard, writing notes, enjoying some music, celebrating something, it doesn't matter. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So Jose, I got... Uh, I, with uh, Enrique, I've got a couple of more questions for you before we close out the show. But um, one of them is uh, going back to what you were talking about. You know, you were talking about all the great experiences you've had with being a part of Setlift Tobacco, and you said you 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 know between Quesada and Setlift, you you and Mike Bellotti had formed this. You called it an experiment, the Sable Distribution, and where you were mm-hmm. you you were doing your own. Then you talked about some of the difficulties because it became really expensive, like to you know to send you know, you know, 10 boxes of cigars as opposed to sending a hundred. All right. It just, mm-hmm. it just became really costly. And I can imagine, uh, cause I've, I mean, I ship packages to my friends and that's expensive enough for me personally. So I can imagine, uh, what it, it's, what a, it's, it's like a volume scan. Yeah, exactly. So, um, what, you know, as, as, as your, your partnership with Quesada ended, uh, in, in terms of distribution and you guys decided to form this, this group, what, what's what led to that decision initially and and was it ultimately that that the cost just became too much to bear for a smaller company that ended up leading to going with Sutliff or or let's start there let's start with the beginning what what was the motivator to get in to to get into it uh to Sutliff no to it's Sable in 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 building your own distribution Oh, it's just basically it's 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 moving forward. Basically, it was just saying to me, I think it's time to move forward. I wanted to, we wanted to do our distribution. You always want to have as much contact as you can with your retailers and with your consumers. And uh, and obviously, going into having your own distribution, having your own contact with uh, with your retailers and your consumers, that's uh, as direct as you can get. One of the things that we wanted to, we tried out was doing it from the Dominican Republic because your overhead in the States is extremely high. So we figured the overhead would offset uh, shipping costs. And it did, it, it did it at some point, but it was just those orders that the smaller orders that were just not making any sense. And then making sure you had that inventory stage wise and FDA started coming on and the shipments got stopped because they were, you know, instead of being stopped for a day, they were, you know, stopped for a week or two weeks. Jeez. And it just everything got a little bit complicated. And then uh, Sotlift started the distribution. And it was a great, so when Sotlift started distributing for uh, for cigar brands, it's, uh, let's say, kind of a hybrid between what we were doing in in the Dominican Republic because we still have contact, direct contact with our retailers. We still have direct contact with our consumers and we still have that uh, full on contact at the same time, uh, as I said, initially Saltlift works as a logistics and uh, administrative distributor, let's say in the United States, importing and distributor in the United States, but that's not their focus. Their focus is not, well, their focus is pipe tobacco. So you're not dealing with competition. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a great uh, in-between. 
So we have a warehouse in the United States now, which is fully stocked with our cigars. So that means that people get our cigars quicker. We always have the stock over in the state, so we have no issues with FDA. And that way, I don't have any of the back office when it comes to the shipping. So it's basically, it simplified things in one way and, and helped us uh, focus on, as I say initially, uh, just focus on what we're supposed to be focusing on, which is making the best cigar that we can and keeping it consistent, making sure we have the best tobacco, making sure we have great blends. And that's where our focus as a small company or as a medium-sized company should be. It's making sure that our consumers and our stores are getting the best uh, cigars possible. Then the rest is obviously you have service and we, and we give service. We, we make sure that that service is there and Salt Lift has that great service. Mm-hmm. So I think Salt Lift is a great a hybrid or in between of what uh, we were looking for when it was with Casada and when it was in Dominican Republic. Yeah, no, I mean, just to give people an idea of like what you're talking about with sizes of stuff. So I think I have a great example of this, right? So like, so uh, I did a show with Mo Molly earlier this year. Patina. Oh, Mo, yeah. great guy. So he just shot it with two. Yeah, exactly. And so he, he said, Hey, I'm going to send you some cigars. And I said, oh, okay, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate that. And, uh, and he, he called Sutliff that day. I had cigars in my mailbox two days later. Right. And if that's the, that's as small as you can get, because I mean, it was, he didn't send me boxes or anything. He sent me a, you know, a great sampler, you know, very grateful, but that's as small as you can get. And I got it in two days and not, I'm not a retailer or anything like that. It was simple as that. So like, whereas if like, say for example, if I had done this with you, when you were, when you had Sable, You'd have been like, hey, Bear, let me send you some cigars. You'd have to get them sent from the Dominican. It would have to go, like you said, they could be delayed a week, you know, and then I, then I would get them. You know, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a huge difference, right? And I'm, again, I'm not a retailer. Like, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a great example when it comes to that. Uh, when we did the limited exposures, uh, our first uh, samples that we did, I sent directly from the Dominican Republic. The thing is that when you send direct from the Dominican Republic, there's a lot of costs that go through. And I had, let's say, 100 packages sent out, for an example. And the cost ended up being about three grand. Okay. I had forgotten. I had forgotten a, all, the, all the bad costs that you had, you know, brokers and stuff like that when it came to working uh, or shipping directly from UPS. And it was impossible. It was cost prohibitive. And then I remember why it was cost prohibitive to send samples. Like if I want to send samples to the 20 stores or something new, I'll ship it to Sutliff and then they'll, they'll reship it to, to the stores. When I was shipping directly from the Dominican Republic, those samples used to go direct and that cost just to add up. So even when small things that you were saying, like samples, those are small things that add up. And it just kept on going and going. And it just became, uh, when they came to that kind of stuff, it was prohibitive, cost prohibitive when, in that type of thing. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I think right now we have a great hybrid because we have the warehouse, we have our inventory already stateside. So our brokerage and everything is already done. We can send from one cigar to a hundred boxes to 500 boxes anywhere we want to. Very simple. It's an email away. That's two. 
three, we have our, <clears throat> we still have our, our sales reps, right? Or we still have our brokers, but Salt Life also has a great support staff that also helps out with the cigar brands. If I need to follow up with a store, again, I can say, tell that support staff from that territory, can you please help me out with Bear? And follow up, like if you send samples out, can you, can you please follow up with the people that we send samples to and make sure they got it? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things, a lot of back office and a lot of support that Salt Lift uh, gives us. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so far, I've been with them for what eighteen. I think it's going to be two years now, and it's been it's been great. I have no complaints. It's wonderful. Yeah, Jay Davis is in the chat, and he's a retailer. Obviously, he says he works with Sutliff on a number of brands, including yours, and and they've been terrific, terrific to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, it's just what's up, Jay? Getting great, uh, getting great cigars in the hands of the people. So that's 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 what it's all about. That is correct. Awesome. Well, uh, Enrique, we've got our last segment of the night coming up here. Uh, so this is our last question. It's a two-parter, and it's always uh, our curveball segment, which is always brought to you by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park seven consecutive years at <laughs> consensus top three. So congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Sock. But today's curveball question is two parts, as I mentioned before. So um, so your, your, your oldest son is Gonzalo Jose. Right, Gonzalo Jose. Yes, beautiful name. So, Thank you. I know you said you can't uh, tell us the name of your uh, newest born yet. So we're all on pins and needles waiting for that. But I want to know because I went through this myself. That I'm sure you had names in mind that you wanted to name your children. But we all know that uh, in marriage, <laughs> we don't have the final <laughs> say. So. <laughs> What, 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 you know, what was a name that Gabby shot down that you'd liked? You know, with, with, uh, with me and Gabby, it's a little bit different. She gives me a list of name and I shoot them down. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I, I learned in my marriage, uh, very early in my life. And my brother taught me this, uh, smart man, very smart man, a happy life, happy, happy wife, happy life. There you go. And I pick my battles. <laughs> so basically what's happened with uh, all our kids, anytime we've been pregnant, we had a kid is that she has a list of names that she likes. And I say, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. And then we take it from there. So I've never been shut down. One thing that we do share is that uh, we don't like to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to name my name Enrique, my son Enrique or Jose. I don't want to repeat the names, but Gonzalo Jose is obviously in honor of my uh, my father, mm-hmm. and my father-in-law's second name is Jose. So it was like a duel, but it's mostly because of my dad. And it's very probable that uh, our son now will have a second name that will be in honor of a family member. Oh, wonderful! But oh, I've never been uh, shut down because I've never proposed the first name. It's something that it's it's something that's I would say it's more important for her than it is for me. Right. So we do it the other way around. Okay. That makes okay. sense. Sure. What's the name? So what's the name that you <laughs> shot down? What's one name you shot down? Eh, Mauro. I shot down completely because it, it, the name I like, but it reminded me of a person that I don't like, which name is Mauro. It's like, Oof. nope, I don't want that. Fair enough. Yeah. Eh, Sebastian was another one. I was like, nope. Reminds me of something I don't like. <laughs> este, those are two names like, nope, straight away. Like, nope, 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 nope. So nice. uh, those are two names that I shot down. 
Yeah. Awesome. It, it, you guys did the same thing that uh, my wife and I did. So uh, my, my oldest son's name is Jeremiah, um, uh, but his middle name is Sean. He's named after my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jacob's middle name, is, my youngest son is Campbell is his middle name. And that's, um, that's a family name on my wife's side. So okay. we did the same, we did the same thing. We honored a family member with, uh, with the middle names so and we'll, we'll do the yeah, same of course. thing. You you gotta you get you gotta keep the you gotta keep uh the family tradition somewhere, you know. If you don't not gonna name like I know people that father like hey, Hochi, his whole family is named Jose. Mm-hmm. They're like they're like eleven Jose's. They're Jose, Jose Rolando, Jose Arnaldo, Jose Manuel, they're like the fifteen Jose's. So and they, they they did it that way. In our case, I used the second name so that way that our son has a unique name and because and it's very typical in the Dominican Republic where or in Latin countries where that name follows the the, the patriarch name or the, or the family name just keep on going and going and going yeah. the first name. In our what, case, we did it, you know, second name. Why, why didn't you want to do Enrique? I'm just curious. No, I just don't want to repeat a name. Just don't want to repeat it. Okay. So it's a funny story. My, I, I'm named Enrique Jose. So my name is Enrique Jose because Enrique is my uncle, my dad's uh, brother, obviously. And Jose is my dad. Mm-hmm. But the reason I was named Enrique Jose is because my uncle named my uh, cousin, which is elder than I am, Jose Enrique. So he <laughs> named, he named uh, obviously, his son after my dad and then put his, his, his name as a second name. Oh, okay. So that's the reason I'm named Enrique Jose. I have a, a cousin called Jose Enrique. That's beautiful. Awesome. Uh-huh. Awesome. What, um, so this is the second part of the question. This might be interesting. You may not then. But if you could go back and change your own name, what would you change it to? Socrates de Leonel. Wow, that was a snap call. Okay, say that again. <laughs> was expect- I was expecting uh, that. Say that again. It's a name my kid. It, I know it's a name my kid around with my wife. I'm going to name my kid Socrates de Leonel. It's just a stupid name. I like my <laughs> name. I love my name. I, I wouldn't change it. Enrique is a great name. It honors my, it, I love it but by itself. It, there's not that many Enriques that I know of. I, obviously, there's Enrique Sanchez in the industry, but in my the Miracle Black, there's not many Enriques that I know of. Yeah. So it's kind of a pretty, not unique, but it's kind of a unique name for me. Uh, like in my group of people, I don't know a lot of it. I don't know any Enrique, actually. Right. And, uh, and I like it. And it honors my uncle and it honors my, uh, my father. So I don't think I'd change it. But if I would... I would call myself Socrates Elonel, or I had an altered ego when I was drunk in college. It's called Baby Bob Joel. And <laughs> he's, still, he, he's still there somewhere. And I was just got plastered. I just got Baby Bob Joel, motherfucker. And that was everything I used to say in my younger ages. But I like Enrique. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep Enrique. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned about in the, when you were checking off names, you're like, hey, that's a person I don't like. No, no. I always like the name Enrique, but I have to I have to tell you that you and Enrique Sanchez are the first Enriques that I've liked. <laughs> I, I grew up I you grew know, up you, I, you know many Enriques? I grew up with two I grew up with two Enriques growing up in school and man, they were one of them was just a dick. <laughs> he was just a dick. Like and he still is. 
He still is, as far as I know. I don't keep tra- I don't keep up with him too much. We have a mutual friend that we're that we're close with, and he's the same guy. He's the same jerk. God damn it, Enriquez. <laughs> God damn it. Well, you know what's a funny thing is that Matilde, my my mother in law's name Matilde, and her mother's name Matilde, and we oh, started Matilde, okay. and, and we started Matilde like like right on when I started dating Gabby. So when people ask me, I was like, oh, it's my mother in law. Of course, Matilde. Yeah, it's my mother in law. That's her name. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Enrique, this is uh, that was our last question for the night. Thank you so much for taking some time this evening and spending it with me, smoking a couple of great cigars and uh, reminiscing about some good times and, and talking about all things Matilde tonight. Just been uh, been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for your time tonight. My pleasure, Bear Man. Thank you very much, brother. It's always a pleasure, and we do it again soon. Absolutely. We'll definitely make it sooner than this 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 time for sure. Um, oh, there's a lot of things to talk about in the future, so don't worry about it. We'll be doing it a little bit more often. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> well, for our audience, thanks for staying up late with us as always. We really do appreciate it. All all those likes, shares, and comments. Keep them coming in. Uh, you can always check out a calendar of upcoming events uh, on our Facebook page where we broadcast every Sunday on the LOS Fumar face- Facebook page. You can also check us out on our YouTube channel, which is also named LOS Fumar. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you are a subscriber elsewhere, if you listen to this on podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, including iHeartRadio, be sure you hit the download, subscribe, and review button. If you are a subscriber, hey, do me a favor, hit the unsubscribe button, but please don't forget to resubscribe because that helps my numbers and that helps me get great guests like Enrique <laughs> back whenever I want. So appreciate it as always. Uh, next week, speaking of great guests, next week we have uh, Pete Johnson of Tatuaje will be coming back uh, to LS Fumar Takes uh, for our 222nd takes. Very special. Uh, uh, and we'll talk about why that's special uh, next week. You don't want to miss it. But for now, it was fantastic speaking with the great Enrique Cejas and all things Matilde Cigars. Go out and buy some of his smokes. Uh, you will absolutely love them if you haven't had them. And if you have had them, go back and revisit them because I, like I said, they're always a great return cigar. You don't want to miss it out. And check out the limited exposures as well. And keep an eye out because there's some new stuff coming uh, that we're very excited about. We'll have Enrique back to talk about those things when we can. For everyone out there, I'm Barry Duplissy, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. This was our 221st take. And guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. <laughs>